Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin Laid an Egg. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. I'm Zach Brooks and joined, as always, by... Brennan Fitzpatrick. And uh, the Batmobile broke a wheel and Joker got away, except maybe in this case, Penguin got away, Zach? Uh, spoilers for Batman 1989, Joker dies at the end of Batman 1989. <laughs> spoilers. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. I deviated from my... Uh, from my normal quote, but you know, like got to be festive, right? This is the, very festive. The yeah. Christmas ale version of the movie letter podcast opening. Yeah. So. Are we gonna Are we gonna connect to uh, the Simpsons episode Santa's Little Helper? Oh, maybe uh, yeah. next week. Yeah, could be. We'll find out. Uh, so last week we talked about Catch Me If You Can, and yeah. this week, due to a uh, Christopher Walken. I think it's what was it? Christopher Walken, and I think there's something else as well. Christopher Walken is a shady businessman. Uh, yeah, Chris is Christopher Walken is a shady businessman. Connection. We'll be discussing Batman Returns from 1992. If you are yep. expecting West Side Story, you must have missed all of the notifications. Uh, we uh, we realized we made a goof last week that uh, uh, West Side Story is only in theaters, and we didn't want to have to make people go out to theaters right now and not have an option to stream it at home. So yeah, and I mean, it's also it's also a big thing that like, I mean, we rely so heavily on listener feedback that we didn't want to uh, alter the podcast in such a big way where we wouldn't have a lot of feedback. Because right, what is our show if not uh, hearing from you, the listeners every week? So we are we are a podcast of the people and we'll find out if the people were the champions this year of uh, suggested movies, if Absolutely. they have most suggested movies in a few weeks. But yes, so we are not talking about West Side Story, although maybe it'll come up for one of us that saw it. Uh, <laughs> but we will be talking about Batman Returns. That is the Tim Burton sequel to the 1989 Batman uh, starring Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, among others. Then at the end of the episode, we will decide on our next movie based on suggestions sent in from said listeners and us, your hosts that we brought as well. Uh, so we'll be spoiling Batman Returns. If you've never seen it, it is on HBO Max to stream, at least if you're mm-hmm. in the U.S., so you can check it out there. Uh, you also can check out all the other Batman movies because every Batman movie is on HBO Max. Absolutely. There are a ton of them. And uh, But if you just want to jump ahead to hear what we're going to be talking about next week, we will put the timestamp for the ladder suggestion section, ladder rung suggestion section in the podcast description. So you can jump ahead. Although, why not just pause this podcast? Go watch Batman Returns. It is a Christmas movie, so it it's the season. Uh, and then come back and listen to our discussion. Yeah, I actually forgot how heavily a Christmas movie uh, Batman Returns is. So that was that was pretty exciting. It starts I, uh, with a Christmas tree lighting, and that that was. I, so I, it'll be interesting. We'll have to discuss this. I'm actually surprised how much less Christmas there is in this movie than I was. Oh, I don't well, know why. It just it and you know we'll definitely talk about it. it just didn't. It, it had Christmas going on at the same time, and it just didn't feel like a Christmas movie to me. And I'm not enough. sure. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why it I wasn't. It ends with Merry Christmas. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. It Abel Pond is born, uh, born on Christmas Day, so there you go. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't in the. in the uh, Christmas spirit? Last night. Yeah, could be. Bah humbug. Bah humbug, indeed. Yeah. So, as always, submit your feedback to us, ratings, questions, comments uh, at Ladder Movie on Twitter, movieladder at gmail.com. Uh, check out the movie ladder on Letterboxd. There will be a reason you will want to check out the movie ladder on Letterboxd mm-hmm. uh, coming up. Uh, maybe we should just talk about why people would want to do that. Um, because we want to give people a couple weeks' notice. Why is so, that? Well, 
uh, we are heading towards the end of season two, and we're going to need to figure mm. out our first movie for season three. Absolutely. I'm this is movie number 50 three. on the year. Yep. Uh, next week will be 51. So next week, normal suggestions. Uh, you know, send in your suggestions off of whatever we're watching next week. Maybe it's Batman 1989. Who knows? Um, for movie number 50, 51 will be the same. 52 will be the same. After 52, we will be resetting the ladder to Bula Rasa, starting season three from scratch. So we had to figure out a way to pick movie number one for season three. That's right. We're uh, making a clean slate, just on like on uh, Little House on the Prairie, or uh, Little House, as some might say. Um, so yeah, what, what we'll do, um, Zach, you had you had a really good idea that I sort of piggybacked on. Um, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take things from our suggestions that we have suggested in the past and suggest them at the end of episode 52 to be our first movie for the uh, new year. Season and, three, episode one. Yes. They yeah. do not have to connect. I mean, if they connect Correct. to the movie we do for episode 52, that's fine. But it also, because each season is brand new, it does not it have to connect. connect. This so year we, we started with young Frankenstein and that was, I don't remember exactly what, spurred us to put that in there but that movie was suggested a ton last year by jeff specifically yep. but by other people as well so it just yep. seemed like a really good one to just be like all right this is how we're starting the year absolutely and i think um so what we want from you the listeners for episode 52 is send us your favorite suggestions that you've made throughout the season that we have not picked yes uh, and if you need to be refreshed on what suggestions mm-hmm. there were, you can check that watch list. Just make sure it's from something from this year that was suggested. Yeah. So like, don't only go back like maybe halfway through that watch list or so. Um, it's better if it's stuff that you've suggested. If you remember movies that you've suggested, like I know, you know, for example, Kyle has suggested Hellcab a bunch of times. You really want us to yeah. watch that. Maybe that would be what Kyle would want to suggest. If you don't know what you suggested, you can pick any movie uh, that was suggested. It just needs to be something that was suggested this year. Yep. to be whatever and you know provide justification for whatever if you're reason. like me you archive all of your emails anyway so you could always go back through your emails to remember what you sent us and uh pick pick out a few that you would think would make really good first episodes for season three and um put them together and send them in you know the usual four three four five suggestions per per listener is is great yeah, and so on, see, on uh, episode 52, which we'll be doing in two weeks, we will then mm-hmm. pick the movie that we're going to start with. Um, then we're going to have a wrap-up podcast, season two wrap-up podcast, at some point in between that podcast and the next week exactly. that we start. Um, you know, but like, for example, this uh, Batman Returns, well, this is my suggestion. So Yep, you it know. was your suggestion. You get a point there. Right. So, and we, and we will be updating that scoreboard. Um, I'm imagining the listeners have had the most suggestions, but I have not looked at the stats yet. Um, yeah, but then I'm not going to tell anybody what they are until uh, a couple weeks from now when we do yeah. our wrap ups. So. And we'll do some other fun stuff. We'll do some awards. We'll do some kind of resolutions, things we want to improve on next year because it's not perfect. So uh, and just kind of look at the year as a whole and kind of how we got from Young Frankenstein all the way to whatever we're doing in two weeks. <clears throat> Frankenstein. So. Yes. Um, I think that's the only big announcement. We'll announce it again next week as well, because it'll be more relevant next week when people are sending in feedback. Um, and again, it can be something that is connected to what we're doing in episode 52, but it doesn't, it is not exclusive to that. Correct. It might be a bonus if it's like, if it's a good connection and it's a movie that like, there would be a, you know, be a, a fitting movie to do to start off season three. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll probably be all do it. And, uh, We'll keep you guys updated, too, on the schedule. We're going to try to stick to Tuesday recordings, but I know Brendan's traveling some, um, so we might have to be a little bit 
flexible. We'll we'll try to give heads up at least if we're going to be recording early so people can get their feedback in early. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I think that's all of the housekeeping. Uh, seasonal cleanup. Uh, do you want to talk about the best thing you watched this week, Brenda? I will. I will. Um, so there are a couple of different things I wanted to talk about, and it's really hard to pick. Um, I saw two movies, three movies this last week that I really, really enjoyed. And it's really hard to pick between the three of them. Um, well, you got to do it. I, I did go see West Side Story. I really loved it, but it's not what I want to talk about this oh, week. All right. Good thing we're I not wanted, doing it this week. I want to talk about the movie that I think I've talked about the most in the last week since I saw it. I actually watched this the night after we finished recording our last podcast. Hmm. I watched Prometheus. Oh, nice. Well, yeah, yeah. Finally. Um, it's a movie you have been begging me to watch for years because you knew I would love it. Turns out I did. Um, it's, you know, if you're not familiar with Prometheus, it's directed by, uh, Wrigley Scott stars, Michael Fassbender and, uh, Idris Elba and a whole great cast, cast. of Benedict Wong really is in it right now too. Of, yeah. Hey, it's that guy or that gal. Mm-hmm. Um, basically I don't, is it a spoiler to say that it's a it, prequel to another it's thing? like 10 years old or, i think if people okay. don't know at this point so basically this movie is a prequel to his 1970s cla- classic alien um i really really loved this movie i loved what it had to say about destiny and life and death and the existence of a greater power and that search for where we came from and why we're here where we're and, going we're coming from exactly exactly um and it's so i i thought it had some really great classic alien style um shenanigans as far as the intensity of some of the creature effects and kill setups as well as just like outstanding performances from the cast Mm -hmm. um i'm bummed that i waited so long to see it um (laughs) And you could I got to the theater with me. I'm sure I invited I, you the night that I went. I was still did, in DC when it came out. I don't know why I wouldn't have seen it. Um, in 2012, I was a pretty guy, pretty busy guy. Um, the Mr. Manager, and uh, look at you. I, I don't know. Who knows? Um, who knows why I didn't go? But I'm really glad I finally seen it and knocked it off of my list. Um, and really excited I was actually able to do it for my personal movie ladder. And so I am going to ladder from Prometheus to. Wrigley Scott's second most recent film, The Last Duel, which I'm excited to check out later this week. So that's what I've been watching. Um, hey, you want to have a? Uh, you want to? You want to hear something? I just did a little. Uh, speaking of archived emails, I just searched my Gmail for Brendan Prometheus. Okay. Uh, May, May 11th, 2012. You emailed me. Hey, did you realize Damon Littleoff wrote Prometheus? Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wonderful. Well, and, uh, uh, I yeah, think you must have been out of town or something because, uh, yeah, I think I, it seems like from this email correspondence that you were not in town that week. It was it was May of uh, 2012. Of 2012. So. It's quite possible, especially if it was, you know, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, there, there's no knowing where we're going. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Uh, Damon Lindelof definitely working out a lot of his demons post uh, post the wrap up of Lost. And I think he does it in some really fun ways. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoyed Prometheus. There's something else I watched this week that 
I'll only briefly touch on as one of the best things I watched this week, but I'm not even um, going to say it because it may also be the best thing you watched this week. Um, it's not. The Succession season three finale. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah that, was, that was that was fantastic. And um, I don't want to say too much because I know, nope. you know, a lot of our listeners probably aren't even watching Succession, but I really loved it. Um, you should be watching Succession if you're not. And the show just had a really fantastic third season. And I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Um, hopefully it's not going to be another year and a half before we get another season of Succession, but it probably will be um, given how long these shows tend to take to yeah. uh, bake. I uh, I loved it as well. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, though, on the other hand, um, do not hope that we get another um that we get another. I mean, and I do hope we get another season because I love the show. But <laughs> I think that the finale on Sunday really could have been a uh, a series finale. Yeah. And shows often tend to outlive their life, uh, as we're seeing with you know. Right now, we're both rewatching Lost. We're in the final season. Of Lost. It's yep. you know drags a little bit in the final season. Many shows drag along later on in the show. Uh, I there's so much good TV. There's no reason a show that I would be like sad if a good show went off the air earlier rather than later so uh i I will definitely watch it when it comes back i thought this third season was great and i don't know if there's i mean there is more they can do but i don't know where they go from here and i think like Mm could have been cool to just mic drop and be like nope that's it three good seasons of this (laughs) show um but that's not what happened so well what did happen for you this week zach what was your favorite thing that you watched yes so uh i actually had a big uh week of watching movies um I, uh, what did I watch? I watched the entire Matrix trilogy, which I think I am going to talk about the Matrix as my favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also did watch in preparation for Batman Returns. I watched the 89 Batman. Okay. Um, I also watched Die Hard just because it's the Christmas season. So, um, but, and watched the original Nightmare Alley, which, uh, is being remade by Guillermo del Toro. I watched that for the Criterion Challenge. Uh, very good. Um, but no, first Matrix. It's great. I was re- I've been wanting to rewatch the whole series. Um, yeah. Got to it on my personal movie ladder um, after watching um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which I believe I watched after. I think I watched it after we recorded our podcast last week. Okay. Um, what was your connection for the Matrix? Uh, it's same cinematographer and okay. also both are like kind of video game style. I mean, it's so it was like a little little, little forced connection, but like it, I think it works. Um, Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I hadn't watched The Matrix in a long time, and I hadn't watched the sequels since they came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the Reloaded holds up pretty well. I, I had liked Reloaded the first time I saw it. I liked it even more this time. Revolutions is not good. Yeah. Um, the original Matrix is just classic, though. It's I get something new out of it each time I watch it. This time I was really getting a lot of um, kind of the fate versus uh, fate versus free will aspect yeah. of it. The performances are, awesome, are really awesome. The, the effects in the original matrix hold up better than the more current effects in reloaded and revolutions. Cause it's just the CGI really stands out in those two movies. Fair enough. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, you cannot go wrong watching all three. I do think it's like very impressive. The lore that they build out between the yeah. three of them. And even like with the sequels, which aren't that good, they do do a really good job of expanding out the universe. Um, and I do have a, I, I might've seen this theory somewhere, but I kind of have a theory going into matrix four, which I think comes out, on Christmas Day, I believe. It does come out on Christmas yeah. Day, yes. Uh, so if you haven't seen the Matrix series, I don't think I'm going to spoil much, but I think that what we saw that was the quote-unquote real world in the Matrix series, I think it's going to turn out that that was a Matrix within a Matrix. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It just, there's, there's things that happen that shouldn't happen in the real world. Um, and it's so fantastical that it wouldn't surprise me if there was actually like a, like an inception type thing where we're getting a matrix within a matrix. Interesting. Um, yeah, very excited for the fourth matrix to come out though. It, it, um, we'll see, we'll see if it, you know, if it is more matrix one versus matrix three. But I think yeah, they... I've, I've never been a big Matrix guy myself. Um, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely did enjoy the first one. I thought it was really well done, really groundbreaking. Um, I've never rewatched either of the sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, and my memory of them is them not being very good and just not engaging me the same way the first one did. But at the same time, like, it's going to be one of those things that I end up seeing because everybody's going to be freaking out about it. And I don't like being not part of a zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. So... Um, especially when it comes to a franchise. So I'm, I'm definitely going to see it just to see how it holds up. But yeah. And it does, I mean, you know, the, the fact that the, you know, they were Wachowski brothers at the time, they are now the Wachowski sisters, uh, came out as trans after all the matrix movies came out Mm -hmm. and the movies are all about kind of confronting a, a different reality and feeling like you're living in a reality that's not. Uh, not what you're living. I think there's a lot of uh, very interesting layers that you could put on there. Also, just really great literary layers. You know, all the names okay. are, uh, you know, the names are very biblical or like references to, um, yeah. you know, different properties, lots of like Alice in Wonderland. So just, I, it's just like, I, I think it's like very well written, um, even if the sequels do not quite hold up. Well, second, third sequel, especially. The second one's fine. Um, well, uh, speaking of sequels that may or may not hold up, should we get into that? Oh, look at that. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, well, let's talk about Batman Returns. So uh, this was Tim Burton's second foray into the Batman movie. Uh, I believe for me, I mean, I, I have not seen this movie since I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. But I believe for me, I saw this before I saw Batman 89. Um, and Batman Returns is really the formative Batman. For, when I think of Batman, I think of this version of Gotham. These villains, you know, the, the, his okay. big villains are Penguin, Catwoman, Joker. Um and kind of this this like stoic Michael Keaton performance. So it was really fun to go back and and revisit this. Um, and it was one of those movies that as I was watching it, like so many lines were just coming right back to me as they and it was just so familiar, mm-hmm. like similar to when I watch, uh, you know, some of those other movies that I grew up with, like, you know, um, you know, Star Wars, Back to the Future, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit from earlier this year. So. Yeah, I mean, I definitely saw this in the theater. Um, This came out in June of 92. Uh, I would have been 12. So I would have been prime or was prime age to go see this in the theater. I mean, just shy of being able to go see a VG-13 movie without my parents. So I probably saw this with an adult, um, Mm -hmm. whether it was my stepdad at the time or my mom, I could not recall. Maybe even my older brother. Um, But I know I definitely saw this in the theaters. I um grew up on the 89 batman i mean that came out when i was nine that's the one i more readily think of when i think of batman or at least from the uh bruce wayne batman dichotomy i think of that movie but i think you're right when i think about the tim burton villains i do think about penguin and catwoman works mm-hmm. even though the jack nicholson performance is so iconic and wonderful like i i take I take the Batman from 89 and the Bruce Wayne from 89 and the the villains from this movie and mush them together in my head for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that this film does a better, not, not necessarily better, but a more iconic rendering of the city of Gotham 
and what it's like to live there. And the visual style is so unique, especially even just compared to the first one. That they really expand out on kind of the design from the first one and the way that they handle this city. Um, I have some really interesting visual notes that Max sent me during the day. Um, And so we'll get to those when we get to his feedback. But just the influences of Gotham and the way this movie is shot and the way the character designs are uh, very much based in, you know, uh, early silent films and German expressionism. Um, Gotham Mm -hmm. itself based a lot on uh, the movie Metropolis, if you've seen that. Um, And you know, I just, yeah, there's the, the visuals of this are, are really phenomenal and really unique. It's something mm-hmm. that we've had, you know, 50, 100 superhero movies that have come out since this. And I don't think there's really been any other superhero movie I can think of that's kind of captured like the the horror artistry that horror, is in yeah. Batman Returns. Um, yeah, it's very, because Burton has his own, this is where sort of, you could say this or Beetlejuice is where he really shows his dark gothic horror side for the first Mm -hmm. time and this movie really shares a lot in common with that film as well as setting the template for what his visual style as a director is going to be going forward Mm -hmm. like this weird gritty gray everything's in gray and black yeah it's almost i mean it's you know it's interesting that it's based on you know the the style is based on these old silent movies because the movie is almost black and white um I mean, if you look at it, and I think the poster, like just to start with like, the poster of this is that the three heads on top of each other, mm-hmm. Batman, Catwoman, Penguin, um, you know, the Catwoman and Penguin are both like very, very pale characters and wear mm-hmm. dark colors. So they especially look black and white. Um, but even Batman in the stark black suit. Um, and, you know, you can see that right when you see the poster for this, that it is just sort of a there's there's only a little bit of color that pops in this movie. Um, Absolutely. And I thought that was actually a really interesting choice by Burton in this one to go with the full black suit Batman, considering mm-hmm. like the the gray tones of everything else. I actually think that it could have been more interesting visually as far as the suit goes if he was in the gray Affleck style suit. Mm, with like, like the, the 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 like gray the gray outfit with the black with the charcoal black cowl, mm-hmm. I think actually probably would have fit more stylistically in this in this visually than the full black. But I don't know. You don't even know. Yeah, I mean, when you say that, I think of like the '60s version of Batman with right. like the light gray. But yeah, no, I, you mean like sort of just like the off black version. Yeah, like exactly. Char- yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I like it that it's it's very kind of stark, like black and white on top of each other. And I mean, we do get the, you know, like the Christmas adds a lot of colors. Obviously Batman has like the yellow symbol, the yellow insignia as well. So there is some yellow that comes um, just from the visual styling. And um, yeah, I think, you know, I'm trying to think of another movie that has such a distinct dark tone that this, you know, superhero movie that, Mm -hmm. that has this. Um, I would be curious, you know, when Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness comes out, I know originally that was supposed to be uh, mm-hmm. Scott Derrickson was supposed to do that. And that was supposed to be very much a horror movie. Um, it, it, I know they re uh, gave that over to Sam Raimi. So it'll probably be softened a little bit. Um, I mean, Sam Raimi's known for horror though. At the same yeah. Time, but he's so. also the, but it's not but like also the Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies so. were, were scary or anything like that. Um, so yeah. So this, this one, we, uh, we really kind of have three villains cause we also have Max Shrek played by Christopher Walken, who was our yep. connection to this. Um, and he's, he's this like leading industrialist and what, what I was really impressed with watching this is just how much 
this movie de- delves into current events issues uh, and stuff that's even current now with uh, big business, pollution, uh, corrupt politics, sexual harassment, office politics. Uh, and it just I, I thought that this more than the 89 version, the 89 gets into some you know 80s stuff with greed in the media. But right. um, this I thought the, the social issues that this one tries to have some commentary on, I think, worked really well um, in addition to this movie. And it was something I was not expecting as much with this. I don't know about you. Uh, yeah, I, I actually like had kind of forgotten how involved Christopher Walken's shady businessman slash hero, quote unquote hero of the city, Max Shrek, is in this story. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought he was a secondary character in the back of my head. And he's actually like arguably the main villain. Yeah, he's driving, about he's it. driving I mean, the he's villain. He's driving plot. the narrative yeah. from minute one of this film like i mean he he is basically responsible for the creation of both of the uh both of the main villains like he's he's the one that brings penguin out of hiding and uses him for political gains and he also like you know i mean he kills selena kyle turning her into the Catwoman for the first time so, at least yeah for, for the first time, time. um and it's, you know, his name even, and, uh, you know, this gets pointed out in the feedback later, but the name Max Shrek is the name of the actor who was the star of Nosferatu, which is a yep. 1920s vampire movie. Um, and so right there, it's paying homage to these, old, you know, these old silent movies. Absolutely. Uh, and then that Penguin, Penguin, both the look of him and as you talked about with the coloring and the costume, looks looks more like Max Shrek and Nosferatu than he does the... Um, iconic Burgess Meredith penguin portrayal in the 1960s. So actually, this is another thing, not to jump too much ahead to the stuff that Max sent us, but actually he's based off of the star uh, of the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Caligari, thank you. Uh, Or no, sorry, the design of the penguin is is heavily influenced by uh, Lon Chaney in London After Midnight. Um, And there's actually an article that Max sent me that's really, really cool comparing the visual style of this to some of these older movies. Um, and just the influences and also uh, the Joker, the way the Joker looks as well, um, similar to a character in a movie called uh, The Man Who Laughs. Yep. So um, lots of if we want to go back to like a 1920s movie, we have lots of potential connections um, to those off of this. But um, yeah, it's 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 I think at least for me, I mean, I, as a kid, I didn't know any of this. And so I know these things as like this is how the Penguin looks. This is how Gotham right. looks. But you know, for Batman or for for Batman, for Burton to introduce a whole generation to uh, to this style. And it's yeah. actually like based off of classic movies is, is super interesting. Yeah. And I mean, especially like this version of Catwoman being such a like leather clad badass mm-hmm. with a whip and basically like looking like a dominatrix is not something that's in the 60s. You know, Adam West version, you know, Catwoman is much more of a um, flirty uh, and doesn't really have any leather at all. She's much more clad in just basic cloth, like, uh, ooh, cat, cat ears like, and a stuff. spandex and cashmere outfit yeah. um, with little cat ears. 
rather than an actual like badass looking leather costume. Um, uh, it's Catwoman. Yeah. The character I'm not super familiar with, like the original comics mm-hmm. of Batman. Catwoman was like a cat burglar, though, right? That was yeah. her thing more because in this she's not really she doesn't really do any like fiefdom. Right. Um, she she breaks into the one store, but she just sort of destroys everything rather than stealing anything. Yeah. Yes, and I really liked that. I mean, I like that what sets her off to her, and I think that the iconic like her transformation uh, after she gets back to her apartment from Selena Kyle into Catwoman where she destroys the apartment and she like puts the um she puts this the stuffed animals down the garbage disposal right. and uh you know and and all of that like that that whole scene is set off by the um the answering machine message that she gets mm-hmm. which is an advertisement for the uh the, the Gotham woman perfume that right. You know, wear Gotham Woman perfume and your boss will want to keep you late at the office for a lovely dinner. You know, it's like so, you know, just really, really commenting on uh, on, on women getting harassed in the office. And, Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, like, in, in women not, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's that I feel like like some of the things in this could have been out of movies that were made in the last you know couple of years since Me Too. And mm. this is this is from 1992. Um, and that, then she goes to that department store, which is Shrek's department store, yep. destroys the department store, store, but specifically destroys the perfume section of the department store right. and the mannequins and these these symbols of like female beauty and being this like this woman, you know, like being feminine and womanly. Right. What the ideal is. Yeah. Especially right. for the times of what the what the feminine ideal was at that time mm-hmm. um, to, to see that destroyed. Like, I mean, it's a it's definitely a. um take on women's empowerment and you know being developing into your own person um yeah. for sure and i mean yeah. she becomes catwoman because max shrek assaults her in the office yeah. uh, he pushes her out the window but even before then he comes up behind her and his like he's just very creepy yeah. um like you know almost smelling her neck and her hair um mm-hmm. so yeah it's uh you know th- everything with catwoman in this i think one thing maybe you could say that the movie suffers for is just too much. Um, we have two really, really compelling villains. And right. so instead of getting either of them really fleshed out, we kind of get half of them. I think I think that, that it moves forward enough because Shrek is the connective tissue between the two. If anything, um, it took too long to get the two of them together mm-hmm. because that the scene where she finally comes to Penguin's you know, attic office in the Shrek building comes so late in the film that you're like, you're waiting for it. And I mean, it's a great scene when the two of them finally meet. Yeah, one I remember come up so with well. This plan to I'm try to stay, destroy the Batman. But it really, they, they needed to connect sooner, I think. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Um, you know, having watched this, I don't quite even know why they teamed up. Like, I... I mm-hmm it's it, there's not really a reason for them to team up except like they're both Batman villains. Um, right. And I think that it almost could have been a little bit better that like Shrek is the one who brings them together. Cause Shrek and Catwoman don't really have anything to do with each other until the final scene of this. Movie. Right. Exactly. Like um, she really just wants to like get revenge on Shrek, but. And like, not why, so like why, like, why, yeah, she, why Batman? Right. She doesn't have any motivation to go after Batman. That's the problem. Except revenge that he like napalmed her. Right. And scarred her. He threw the bomb on her. Sure. So she wants her revenge on him because um, they, they had had that confrontation on the roof. And Penguin, 
I did not realize how horny Penguin is in this movie, oh, but he, he <laughs> uses the line unlimited poontang at one point because that's no. why he wants to run for office. Uh, he calls her a moistened binks. Yeah, he's just he just like he's this yeah. horny, nasty dude. Uh, and she's you know, she's seducing him on the on the bed. And then when it turns out that like, you know, at the end of the movie, when she's like, I don't want to I don't want to live with you. I don't want to come home with you. Then he 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 turns on her, and that's when they kind of split, right? He, he he attaches her to the umbrella, and she flies away. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the the penguin, um, played by played by Danny DeVito. His yeah. real name is Oswald Cobblepot. Now, one he's question: like he's I, wanting to call Chester Copperpot. From really? Oh no, this is right, always yeah. Oswald Cobblepot. Oswald Cobblepot. Yeah, yes. not Chester Copperpot. Is that his actual identity? I mean, I was trying it to... Is, yes. Okay. Yeah, it's Oswald. Because I know he goes and sees the the grave of his parents. Yeah. And I wondered during that scene, which, like, such a beautiful scene where he's walking alone through the cemetery and the snow, you know, we yeah. talk about the black and white, the snow adds such a great contrast with that black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, I did wonder if he just, like, picked these two parents as, like, this is who I am, just to, like, pick two, no. r- two random rich people. No, because we see them in the beginning and the... The fence on the outside of their match, it says Cobblepot. Okay, that was that so, was what I was yeah. I was trying to remember. If, I knew we saw that we saw them in that cold open. I did not know yeah. for sure that they show that it's Cobblepot. Yeah, they show they show that on the on the fence as they yeah. zoom into the match and you see Paul Rubens staring out the window. Um, who is uh Tim Tim Burton's Tim Burton's pal uh, Paul Rubens. Other, Pee Wee Herman himself. Pee Wee Herman himself yep. uh, was in this movie. Uh, and also, you know, I mean, he's Pee Wee. Uh, Tim Burton directed Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Um, so there you go. That's the connective tissue there. Yes. Uh, and I don't even want to move past that cold open because I, as soon as that cold open ended, I mm-hmm. texted you and I was like, I cannot wait to talk about this movie because just it was such an exciting way to start this movie. It's really we, good. Yeah. We see this dark, demonic birth of the penguin on Christmas Day. Um, and then much like Moses, he gets put in a raft and pushed down the river uh, right. and abandoned by his parents. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's also like, I mean, it's, you know, the, 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 the Christ imagery is like rampant with the penguin, except like he's obviously not a Christ-like figure, but Shrek tries to turn him into one by being like, look who has risen from the dead. See, and I take become, it more as a Moses to become figure. the savior of this city. You know, yeah. I take but. it more as a Moses figure than a Christ figure. Okay. Um, because there is, and I mean, I wish we had Av on the podcast to correct me if I'm wrong here, but I do believe that in the story of Moses, that like he was found in a he was found yeah, in like the Nile in a river. Basket on the river. Yeah, in a basket. Um, which yeah. is the way that the the penguin is sent. And then later on in the movie, they go and kidnap all the firstborn sons, which oh, obviously point. is it yeah. is. Invocative of in invocative invocative of the uh invocative. of invocative of the tenth plague indicative yeah uh I was trying to think if there were other plagues I mean we would get like the bats attacking everything you get so the that bats which kind of like, like a plague of locusts coming yeah locusts yeah um sure. and I mean the whole movie is dark so you could say darkness yeah. um I would have to rewatch the movie and really be looking for each of the plagues you know uh or something close to the plagues but um just those two things combined really made me think of Moses and he is leading these penguins through not a desert, but he's leading, he's leading all of these penguins and these circus freak clowns, uh, which is sort of like the uprising of the slaves in the story of Exodus. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Should have had out for that. I mean, he, he, I think you're, I think you're making a very good point. He's also been othered 
and he's mm-hmm. taking all of these people who were banished, the Red Triangle Clown Gang, who were also all othered and banding them together to have a revolution. So I think you're, I think you're making a good point there. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and I do love the, you know, in, in the first Batman in 89, and I'm really glad that I watched that right before this because Joker and Batman are two sides of the same coin, right? They, right. they both created the other one. Um, Joker murdered Batman's parents. Batman pushed Joker into the toxic waste. Well, not, not canon, but sure. Well, in that movie, it's canon. In the movie, it's canon. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and they are, like, not so different, you and I. And in this, yeah. you know, we don't get it as much with Catwoman and in, in Batman. I mean, maybe some, but Penguin and Batman, both orphans. They're even both yep. both referred to by Alfred as lonely man beasts. Yep, um, basically. Both animalist, you know, both, uh, like, anamorphic. We have Penguin and we have Bat. And, mm-hmm. you know, both bird f- bird figures. One is a yep. bat bird and one is a bird that doesn't fly. Um, and you know, uh, Penguin lives in the sewers. Penguin is poor. Um, Batman is the rich orphan who lives up high in the castle. Yep. Uh, there you go. So I do also love the line and I wrote it down that Penguin says, I was their number one son and they treated me like number two. I thought uh, that was a great line. Yeah. Number two. And he ends up in the sewer. Like they treat yep. him like shit. He ends up in the yep. sewer. Exactly. So. Well, he even says to Shrek, like I've been down here for years living with everything you have flushed down here. Mm-hmm. And he, like, shows him the toxic waste, and he's like, you know, the reason that I can become what I can become is because I've feasted off of all of the crap that you come in here with. And, like, you know, I own you because I can, like, show Gotham who you really are. Right. I mean, I've he, seen, I like, love, I do love that as well. And yeah. that whole scene, that conversation between Max and Penguin was great. <laughs> Um, when Penguin reveals that he has proof that Max, you know, he has the appendage of Max's old partner, Fred. Yeah, exactly. Uh, somehow that hand is still in, like, decent condition. Who knows? Um, <laughs> and uh, at at one point, um, I also, I, I wrote down because I just have it a couple minutes after this, but then when Selena gets the voicemail from her ex-boyfriend who says, mm-hmm. I'm going to be traveling by myself, uh, Dr. Shaw says that I need to be my own person and not an appendage after we uh, just had an appendage. And I was like, Oh, we're going to yeah. see a bunch of appendages throughout this movie. But that was <laughs> the only, uh, that was the only two we really saw. So, um, yeah, but there's just like some, you know, the, I don't know if the movie is that well written, but there are some very great lines in this. Like, yeah, it's, uh, the a, way the it's penguin... got a lot of classic moments, but sometimes the story doesn't completely hang together. Mm-hmm. But I think it moves really well. Um, I think it. I think it moves from space to space. I mean, it's a. It's a good two hours. Like I wasn't bored the entire time I was watching. Mm-hmm. No, it, sure. it, 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 like, I, I thought it, it moved in a really good clip. Um, I thought that. I, I think one complaint you could make that I would maybe agree with is there's not a lot of Batman in this no. movie. Actually, no. This this movie could have been called Rise of the Penguin. I mean, it Instead starts of with Batman the Penguin. Returns. We don't um, see Bruce Wayne until uh, 13 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And then and we don't see he, Batman until like 15 minutes into the movie. Right. And then it's a very quick, dark, sort of annoyingly paced action scene where he's fighting in the street. And a lot of the time he spends in the Batmobile itself, like mm-hmm. not actually fighting. Yeah, the Batmobile so, is as much of his... his cars and his planes and all of that are as much of a character as he is, which... I owned that Batmobile, that mm-hmm. toy of that Batmobile. I Dude. owned uh, like a Batman gun from the, I own so much. I mean, I own so many action figures and toys from this movie. Um, yeah. 
so and I, I there is actually like a kind of a personal reason why I think I own so much of that, which I'll get into. But before I do, I just want to stop on one part, which is when we get introduced to Bruce in this movie and we see him again. Yes. He's sitting in the dark in the mansion. And then we see the bat signal come through. And it's that I mean, you see that shot a lot. It's yeah, actually used, it's referenced a lot, but it, his face lights up from the bat signal. Mm. Um, telling him, you know, he's just sitting there doing nothing. It's, you know, it's Christmas Eve or yeah. a couple days before Christmas. He's sitting at home alone. Uh, yeah. I mean, Vicky Bell has asked him to what we learned. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's the loneliest man in the world, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Vicky Vale, because they reference Vicky Vale, who's uh, Kim Basinger's yeah. character from the first Batman. Do you think that that is written to move the story along? Or do you think that's written because Kim Basinger didn't want to return to the movie? And maybe um, you know she, the answer. She wasn't written in. I think it's more to uh, move the story along. I don't know that she was ever planned to be in this movie, at least from what I could see in the production notes. Mm-hmm. Um, reading through the wiki, um, she was never intended to be in this, so she was more included to give continuity between the two movies. And I was impressed. It's yeah. kind of impressive to get that kind of continuity between these two movies because you know you look at uh, like the James Bond movies around this time, um, and and you know like it wasn't like these cinematic universes and continuity between superhero movies were that common in the right. in the late 80s. And I mean the main the only real through line that you get with these Batman movies because the plots and the actors change so much is through, you know, the four 90s Batman movies you have the same Commissioner Gordon, the same guy playing Commissioner Gordon. Snoozer, that Commissioner Gordon. And, this, and the same Gordon. Alfred. Yeah. So great yes, Alfred. Great Alfred, awful Commissioner. Give me, give me Gary Oldman every day of the week and twice on Sundays um, as Commissioner James Gordon, please. Yeah. Um, um, and, uh, you know, we do not get Harvey Dent back in this movie, played by Lando Calrissian himself, Billy Dee Williams. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it, Robert Wool as, uh, uh, what was his name in the first one? Knox. I don't know. Yeah. He would have been great, like, just as a cameo to provide some continuity to have Robert Wool return as the reporter Knox. Um, you know, that would have been some good continuity, but yeah, we don't really have, I guess we have the report. I mean, he could have shown up in like when they're interviewing Penguin, you know, when, yeah, exactly. when he becomes kind of the highlight, mm-hmm. um, you know, it does make me sad watching the 89 version of Batman and we see Harvey Dent as a character yeah. and he's not yet Two-Face obviously. And, you know, it's, it would have been really fun to see that version of Two-Face. I mean, the Tommy Lee Jones one is very silly. Um, and I yeah. haven't seen Batman forever in a forever, so I couldn't even say for sure if um you know how that performance holds up but it would have been nice to see billy d williams in that role yeah i agree i mean even if you replace you could as much as i like michael murphy you could replace the michael murphy mayor character with um harvey dent Mm -hmm. right yeah but then if he was harvey dent he cannot be two-faced in this movie then this movie right absolutely he couldn't be two-faced but he could be harvey dent just to provide Mm -hmm. some continuity Mm -hmm. you know um So, um, and I don't know if he was ever, you know, like Kim Basinger's character, if he's ever supposed right. to come back and didn't, or if, if they just moved on, if he had scheduling issues, I mean, maybe you have that, but. I, um, I don't have that. Um, I, I I don't know that it was ever planned. It didn't seem like it. Um, mm-hmm. The plan seemed to have always been to have this be Catwoman and the Penguin. So. Yeah. And it's, you know, we, the first movie, we have one villain. Mm-hmm. In the second movie, we have two to three two. villains. We have. Two, I think Batman Forever is is just the Riddler and Two Face, right? So two right, villains yeah. in that, and then Batman and Robin, we get three villains with Bane, Poison Ivy, and uh, 
They had sort of a secondary villain, but sure. Yes, but still like one of the villains. I mean, still one of the like iconic yeah. Batman villains. So, so these movies but, get more and more stuffed as they go along. Absolutely. And, it's, and they also, I mean, there's a, if you watch this and then watch, you know, Forever and Returns, there's also the drastic tonal shift. Huge. I mean, they don't even you know. I mean, the they basically movies. revert, intentionally revert back to the 1960s campiness. Right. Because the studio hated this film, even though audiences loved it. Like, I mean, and people... I think audiences are divided. I mean, I often, yeah. I have often in the, you know, since I had seen this as a kid, I often saw this movie at, or heard about this movie as like pretty divisive that, you know, a lot of people don't have this very highly ranked in the Batman mm-hmm. lore because it is so different. It is so yeah. dark and it's That's so, it's, it's yeah. very twisted. And, um, you know, I mean, the, there's obviously some like surrealism and unrealistic stuff with, you know, Catwoman surviving the fall and the penguin as a character and some of the powers that they have and things like that. But, um, you know, this is not a, this this is not a very palatable movie. Yeah. Um, I, it's hard to be palatable when you have such little color, right? Um, when well, it's and so just, dark and it's, it's so, so I mean, it's yeah. scary. Like this movie, yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised like that. I was not terrified as a kid. And I do remember like bits of this being scary um there are other movies that are connected to this that are scarier for me as a kid um maybe we're going to be doing one next week i think we might um but and and the the way that this movie touches on social commentary and like just very adult themes for a superhero movie even though it's pg-13 like this yeah this is like right borderline of an r-rated movie so I will give I will give the cr- movie credit for this because what's the one thing that people always make fun of Batman movies for? And it's showing Bruce Wayne's parents die over and over and mm. over again. Mm-hmm. And this movie, to its credit, doesn't retrace that character. Not at all. We don't. Not at all. On the we fact don't even get mentioned. No, the so, only thing we get is that both him and Oswald are are orphans, and that might not yeah. even be mentioned. It might just be kind of alluded yeah. to that they have that similarity. So I will give it credit for not having us have to watch Martha Wayne, Martha, get murdered <laughs> again um, and watch those pearls fall to the floor. Um, but speaking of murder, like so many people get murdered in this movie. I mean, just in his, you know, in his opening fight scene in the alley, Batman in in the streets of Gotham downtown during the Christmas ceremony, Batman straight up kills six people. You said that last night. I don't. I think there's plausible deniability. He that lights Batman a couple light. people on fire. He not. I don't know if anybody he dies is. though. I don't uh, know. If he, I don't know if he is responsible. I think every time somebody dies, it is a result of like Penguin blows himself up. Batman didn't blow Penguin mm. up. And like, there's like blunt force trauma, but I think it's like he knocks <laughs> these guys out. I don't think you know so maybe because they die. we didn't see because we didn't see the body hit the floor. Yes, yes therefore exactly. they're not dead. Fine, yeah. but I mean, Penguin straight up dies at the end of this movie. So does Shrek. Mm-hmm. Shrekman dies at the end of this movie and becomes like a uh, very cheesy looking guy. I, I yeah, like he's a very laugh cheesy so hard skeleton. when they show the last <laughs> the last view of Christopher Walken. Classic classic cartoon skeleton. Yes. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about Christopher Walken in this? Because I think this was a, I know he's the connection here, and I yeah. am usually a big Christopher Walken fan. This is kind of an iconic performance. I hated it. I, I loved it. I think oh. he's actually really good. Um, I think he's trying his best to sell the material. Um, I don't think he's being as over-the-top Christopher Walken as he could be. 
But I think he does a really good job being like super creepy. And I'm not I think Shrek. He, I, I can't even do a. I, I was I, in my head. I could do a Christopher <laughs> impression. I can't. Uh, you know, but I, no, I, I think I think ugh, the scene yeah. between him and Bruce when they're arguing back and forth about the power plant and the ordinances is all really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love the character. I just don't. I don't think he's too goofy for me to buy him being this successful businessman. Mm-hmm. Um. I do like that he uh, he does that scene with Bruce where he gets really mad that Bruce says, you know, everybody takes the vacation or what is it like, uh, you know, everyone accepts the except the bandits is slacking off right now or something along those lines, Um, you know, implying that Shrek is a is a crook. Right. Um, And I do love that he's this, you know, billionaire or maybe not a billionaire at the time, but, you know, he runs Gotham. He's even referred to as Gotham's leading citizen by the mayor. Um, Yeah. Because he's the guy with all the money and all the power and, you know, he's the one controlling the mayor. And, you know, when he wants it's, to have a new mayor installed, like, it doesn't matter if the election's not going on. We're just going to have the penguin. Exactly. The we're mayor. just going to have a special election and recall yeah. the mayor because that's something you can do. And when he does that, he does, you know, the Nixon fingers up in the air. Exactly. Uh, and Nixon gets alluded to as well um, by name in this movie. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's actually a really obvious uh, movie map when we get to it, to this movie. That, uh, oh, good. That I that I was really excited about because I was like, oh my god, I forgot how much this actually connects. Yeah. But yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, no, just as like a one percenter, you know, at a time this is like, you know, like I mean, you know, this is very much like the end of the Reagan era, right? And Penguin being this like Reagan Trump like political figure right. who's this charismatic guy who's you know uh, getting by off of off of his charisma and the lies that he's telling. And his money. Know, yeah. And, and his mean, money. He's, I mean, he's well, the richest man. Yeah. Yeah. Truck money. Um. And, you know, I, I also, like, there's some fun notes about Shrek that, like, his password is Geraldo. You know, so <laughs> yeah. got, like, media fi- major media figure is his password. Yeah. Um, and the, the name this, of his dog, too. But, yeah. Oh, his name is Dog, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah they, that's why the camera pans to the stuffed dog on the... Ah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that when, uh, when Catwoman breaks into the department store, the guys yeah. who work for him, the security guards... You know, they say, don't hurt us, lady. Our take home pay is less than three hundred dollars. So, you know, Max has all of this <laughs> money. He's, he's up in his tower right. and controlling everything in Gotham. But the people who work for him are making peanuts. And these are the peasants that he's using mm-hmm. to grow his department store, even though he owns like a power yeah. plant. Yeah, right? the puppet pinheads of Gotham. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that department store scene to kind of parallel the art gallery scene the party man scene, which is was my favorite scene in, in uh, Batman 89. Yeah. So, um, what do you like better? 89 or this? Yeah. Um, definitely 89. I mean, I'm still gonna, I'm okay. still gonna, um, I, I find the 89 one more rewatchable and that's probably why I have rewatched it more times than this. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I still, I still find a lot to enjoy in this one, but I think the 89 one just holds up so much better on its own um mm-hmm. than this one does yeah yeah i'm i'm very split um i've seen this one more than 89 this was my first mm-hmm. batman movie i watched um i do you know that that personal connection i have to this movie so this movie came out on video i believe on vhs like the week my dad died and mm-hmm. i remember like family members were bringing you know they were like what you know they wanted to get me and my brother mm-hmm. things to you well my brother was kind of a too young to really understand what's going on but i was six years old seven years old uh 
And so I just wanted Batman toys. I was like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll feel better if I get Batman toys. So I remember somebody bought me the, the tape to this. I got all these Batman Returns toys because it was right around the time when this movie had come out in mm-hmm. 1992. So I always associate this movie with that time in my life. Gotcha. Um, and so I think that there is that sentimental connection to it. And I've just gone back and rewatched it so many times. And watching it now as an adult and watching it for a podcast <laughs> is it. In watching both this and 89, I, I do think I prefer Batman Returns. Um, Interesting. I think I think the 89 version, I think the Joker performance is amazing. I really, really love that end scene and the party man scene in it. Yeah. But I just think that Returns has just such interesting things that it's playing with and I, doing yeah. at the time that if a superhero movie came out in 2021 and was dealing with with sexual harassment and shady politics and 1% businessmen and, um, and just the look and feel of this. I mean, you know, imagine if this was what they did with Iron Man two, right? It could have been a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Like that they, that they get into more of those themes, right? Like, right. I don't know. I mean, there's great movies in the MCU that are definitely better than this. Um, and you know, I do think that this movie, like, again, like the, I, I struggle with the Max Shrek the actor with the Christopher Walker performance and then just with kind of the the story doesn't really like make a ton of sense it's like the plot um right of villains, yeah. the but... plot's sort of all over the place and that's yeah. part of the problem yeah yeah but I do just love the swings that this movie takes and mm. I really respect the swings of it yeah I I think I agree um my my biggest thing is just the um yeah that if you ignore the plot this is fantastically fantastic superhero movie but they're really needed to be more Batman. And the fact that even the climax of the movie when they're fighting in the cave mm-hmm. has a lack of Batman in it. Like Batman Batman doesn't directly impact the very end of this movie. Like, I mean, it's really Danny DeVito's character doing himself in and then Shrek and Catwoman fighting like there's yep. very little Batman impact in this movie like you could have taken Batman out of this movie and had the exact same movie uh you are completely right and we're what an, almost an hour into this podcast yeah we have not said Michael Keaton we've not said yeah. the word Michael okay. Keaton where's no. Michael Keaton and we haven't really talked about Batman at all um and, and that's the thing yeah, yeah I, this I mean this it, this movie starts with the introduction to our villains we yeah. don't get Batman in for the first 15 minutes we I mean, what what is Batman's arc in this? Like he's kind of he's he, chasing these villains. He gets framed and he's trying to sleep with Selena Kyle. And he gets he gets cold soup from Alfred, uh, the Schwarzer. Yeah. It's supposed yeah. to. And be he's cold. and he's he's sad. <laughs> yeah, he's just sad because um because Vicky Bell left him and he's and his parents his parents, and his parents are gone left and, him yeah. and it's Christmas and he's alone and he's depressed and he doesn't really he's. He's so desperate to get together with Selena Kyle because he's lonely mm-hmm. more than anything. Like, there's no actual attraction between the two of them. Like, well, I don't know. He <laughs> seems enamored with her when he meets her. But it uh, doesn't make that that attraction doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because I don't think that Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer have chemistry. Mm-hmm. In early I, think they, I don't know. I think I think Michelle Pfeiffer is like very. I don't want to say like she's very sexy in this movie, but like that she does have that like confident sex appeal. And when she becomes yeah. Catwoman and loses kind of 
the way that you know the her like timidness her and she has that, yeah yeah she has that confidence that comes that uh you know that comes to the forefront once she does become catwoman that is when you know he falls for her right um because he wasn't you know when he met her on the street right when he, when he was batman and he saves her on the street mm. he's he just kind of like he doesn't pause but that scene where they're in the boardroom his if you watch Milo Keaton, it's actually a really good performance during that yeah. scene because his jaw is just agape the whole time, and he's oh, just like I have, I've met fascinated me before. by her. Yeah, <laughs> I've met me before is a really fun line. Yes, I, I love I I've met me before. I wrote that down as well. I mistook because, I mistook me for someone else. Yes, that's that what, what it was. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mistook me for someone else because it's great. Uh, because he that's what happened though. He's like, oh, haven't we met before? And she's like, I don't think yeah. so. And yes, because he was talking as Batman, not as exactly, Bruce Wayne. exactly, yeah. yeah. It's so. like a, it's that sort of bumbling ridiculousness that I actually love from Michael Keaton. That he adds this layer of sort of goofiness to Bruce Wayne that a lot of other actors don't have. And he well, and in, in like I feel like in the in the Shoemaker movies, Batman becomes even more. You know, we get bat nipples, and we get well, you know no, that Batman, Batman becomes. But, but Bruce Wayne gets a lot more serious. Yeah, I, I what just, I'm saying I is, I think yeah. that the Bruce Wayne performance is goofier in this because the Batman is so serious mm-hmm. that they sort of like reverse it for the Schumacher movies. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I do love the closet full of uh, match of all the bat suits when yeah. he opens it up. Yeah. Um, because in the first one, he has just the one bat suit. So he's expanded his wardrobe, but it's like Doug when, you know, Doug Funny opens up his closet. It's all right, the same outfit. Or, or Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, how does how does Selena fit her giant hair under the Catwoman? Well, we mask? see that she doesn't. Well, she like, does we until it gets ripped. out of it a lot. So yeah. it, does, it barely fits. The mm-hmm. moment the moment that head gets shook, the hair's coming out. Yeah. That's what we find out. So I do like the kind of, uh, you know, we said two sides of the same coin with Penguin, with Joker, that Catwoman and Batman basically wearing the same suit. Right. Um, And again, both anthropomorphized uh, superheroes as well. Yep. Sure. um, We get the, you know, we get Batman framed in this movie. Um, So, you know, like the scene where Penguin um, has taken over the Batmobile mm -hmm. and is like crazily driving it. Yes, like, that's very like fun. Like he's in a weird arcade game. Mm-hmm. Like, you know those arcade games when you used to play as a kid where you're pretending to drive and it's like the motorcycle and you're shaking back and forth on the motorcycle? Yep. That's exactly what I'm it sure reminds. that's what that was based on because yeah. it does remind – it reminded me of that as well. And we get, you know, Batman recording it on the very fancy Batman CD player. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's one thing I wanted to talk about was the ridiculous tech in this movie, mm-hmm. which I think was probably pretty advanced for 1992 but laughable now. Where, like, Selena Kyle hacks her boss's computer to get into his secret files. Right. And, like, it's right when, like, the, quote-unquote, the internet was becoming a thing. Not even. I don't even think, I don't think AOL was even a thing in 1992. Like, she's, like, nobody, not even that many people had computers like this. So, the fact that she would be able to hack her boss's thing is, like, a new foreign concept in 1992. Mm -hmm. And then Batman's outrageous use of AV equipment and tracking and um like alfred video calling actually, with alfred uh yeah. like skyping just like you and i are basically. yeah alfred is the real hero in this movie when you think about it alfred is great um is he's great. really good as being kind of the in this one he's he's much more the assistant to batman than he is in the 89 yeah. movie um and you know like, like he he's also he, all of the av stuff and like uploads the fake speech to common mm-hmm. pots 
mic, which is something that I don't know how they got how that works. Um, but sure. Yeah. Like they 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 boosted the radio signal and like I don't know how you would do that. But yeah, sure. uh, I I played this city like a harp from hell. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, Danny DeVito. It, just so good and i don't know i i love what he's doing in this movie um it's it's definitely kind of campy um but it's just for me it's like the perfect level of campy and cheesiness um, yeah i think it's really good yeah um i i really love the scene where he like has to come down the stairs with the raw fish and starts getting interviewed by all the pr people mm-hmm. who are trying to like figure out how to make him a palatable candidate and the um <laughs> and ends up biting the guy's nose off. I mean that that's the line I always think yes. of from this movie. I figured that was gonna be my was, opening, which my was nose yeah. be gushing blood. Exactly. Yeah. And then he bites the guy's nose. That was my plan to open this podcast, but then I remember Jingle Bell's Batman Smells, and I was go. like, well, I can't right. not do that. I appreciate um, Jingle Bell's Batman Smells. Thank you. Yes. Um all right. Well, uh Danny DeVito, is this his apex? Is this Danny DeVito's Apex Mountain? Uh no, because always sunny in Philadelphia exists. Yeah, I was going to say, and that's just like the longevity of like 20 years playing Frank and Always Sunny. Yeah, um, that's the thing is like, how do you get? Yeah. What about movie wise, though? Movie wise, uh, this or like the Schwarzenegger twins. ones. Yeah. Twins is really big for him. Um, I think Twins is pretty great, actually. I mean, it's not a good movie, but it, I'd be curious how bit, how much that holds up. But I didn't suggest it for this week. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I feel like one. He was also in Junior with uh, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, we can ignore well. Junior, but um, Twin Twins feels like a really big apex for him. And then, of course, he's in you know, um, he's in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He's the voice of the main alien in Space Jam. He's the hush hush guy in L.A. Confidential, which mm-hmm. is really great. Um, he's got a really great supporting performance in Man on the Moon. It's interesting um, because I feel like. I feel like in the nineties, like Danny Vito was this huge star right. and like was, but like looking back through the, his filmography, like it doesn't, he wasn't in a ton of huge movies. I mean, this was no, like a it's giant all role for him. But... Performances. Right. Like, being, like get shorty. He's the Hollywood agent and get shorty. I mean, it's all very small stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, all right, let's Can see. You do a Jeff trying... Smoochie next week. Oh, maybe we'll find out. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything else like really big that I want to make sure I point out. Um, Chip Shrek does a really good Christopher Walken impression. It's just a yeah. little bit when he talks, when he, he plays Max Shrek's son, and he really does sound a lot like Christopher Walken when he talks. I like that. Nice. Um, we need to talk about the Christmas stuff. Uh, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It's it's weird. I'm usually very, very like generous with calling movies christmas movies i mean it Uh, opens and closes with merry christmas i mean it you know um it's the main climax of the film begins with a attempt to light a christmas tree and mm -hmm. the ice princess who's supposed to do it gets kidnapped um there's a giant present that's brought out during max's first speech for the um that that ends up exploding and all of the red triangle gang comes out of it yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's definitely all... a Christmas movie. I right. think what I struggle with is, like, I'm looking at my top ten Christmas movies list, right. and I really like this movie. No, I, I, would, just... I wouldn't put this in my top ten Christmas movies. That's no. The thing. Yeah. But I think it is a movie that revolves around Christmas. And that's the thing, is, like, is this... If this is not a Christmas movie, then is 
and I don't even know if I want to go down this road, is Die Hard not a Christmas movie? So, and when I watched Die Hard this week, I was like, there is 100% that this is a Christmas movie. I right. did not at all feel like, so I don't know what, what it is. What's what it is. I mean, maybe it's that it's a superhero movie. I think like my Christmas list is both like, it's like a, it's like multiplying how good the movie is times how Christmassy the movie is. And that's kind of the, my calculation for making that list. So like um, Batman sent one of the Red Triangle gang down back to the sewer in a Christmas hat and wrote on his chest, now I've killed your Triangle guy, ho, ho, ho. Would that, yeah, would that I have a better? I have machine gun. <laughs> I don't... I don't know, because like there is, like, this definitely is a Christmas movie, but I just, it like, doesn't feel, there's something that is, uh, I mean, I don't know what it is. It's it, it, just something I can't get past. That it, yeah. But I love the setting. I love that we put this in winter. We have the snow, as I said. Yeah. Um, and this is doing kind of like what Hawkeye is doing on Disney Plus right now, right? Where we're getting a superhero story told at Christmas. At Christmas. And it's, uh, I think that's the thing. And not to jump ahead to, um our title connection for this episode, but I had a few um, suggestions and a couple of them Christmas-based. Uh, we could call it a very Merry Christmas mm-hmm. or yeah, like Chris walking, walking in a winter wonderland. Ooh, I like walking in a winter wonderland. I, I think or, that's the front runner right now. Or the Chris walking Christmas spectacular. Uh, no, I like walking in a winter wonderland. My only thing is, do we need cat and mouse in the title? Because this is, and we'll just do, we'll just do connections. We'll just have to connections now. Uh, I mean, we do have this cat and mouse. Literally, we have Catwoman and we have cat puns yep. throughout the movie. Uh, and Catch Me If You Can is a cat and mouse story. Yep. Um, you know, between uh, Frank and, uh, and uh, what is it? Tom Hanks's character that I'm blanking oh, on. Oh, uh, Carl. Yeah, Carl. Yeah. Carl. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I like walking in a winter wonderland, though. That's probably the best. Nice. So, yeah, that's a good pun. And this movie does have some, like, punniness to it. So to have the title be punny is probably there you go. appropriate. Yeah. Did you have any other connections to uh, to Catch Me If You Can? Uh, yeah. Um, there actually is a second actor connection. Uh, mm. Steve Whitting plays the young PR guy with the glasses who gets his nose bitten. Mm-hmm. He is in Catch Me If You Can as quote-unquote manager ah, Mr. Manager. So I, I don't recall what he was the manager of but <laughs> i thought it was funny that he he was mr manager yeah so oh, there you go uh yeah he must have been like somebody who was taken advantage of by frank um yeah it was probably the manager of uh the suit store or something like that yeah yeah um so in in this movie when max shrek is describing himself as just a poor schmo who gets lucky when he doesn't have yep. his speech and he has to kind of ad lib uh i just felt like that was very similar to the two mice who fell yeah. into cream story like a cream yeah yeah there you go um were there any like significant like necklaces in this right like i was trying no, to think if, really. any, if anybody not has anything like that no um and uh i mean yeah i think that's that's probably like the biggest i mean we have like the bat plane and, you know, Frank being, a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, flying in dead seat or uh, dead. And I mean, lots of uses of aliases and like people pretending to be people that they're not. Um, mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I mean, they, I mean, every superhero movie is going to have aliases. And Frank was well known for all of his aliases. Well, and Frank, when he including, meets, uh, Barry when Allen. He meets Carl. Yeah. Yeah. And Barry Allen. Right. The, Barry the, Allen, the Flash. The Flash yeah. um, Speaking of the Flash, uh, Michael Keaton will be reprising his role of Batman in the Flash because they're doing kind of a multiverse thing uh, in that movie. Are you shitting me? No. Oh, you didn't know that? No, they're no, bringing I did him not back. know that. That's yes. wild. 
So the movie comes out, I think, next fall, and uh, it's it's going to be based on what Marvel's doing. Yeah, they're going to have some some multiverse stuff. Oh, man. Multiverse of madness. Wild. Um, yeah, I uh, I had something else to say, and I oh, uh, Batman revealing himself too. He he rips off his yeah. mask, right? He which I really like the way he like that he just tears the bat suit, and you can then see yeah. his head uh, sticking out of it. Yeah. You know, sort of like him revealing himself to the person he's been chasing slash the person who's been chasing him right. kind of similar to when we do see that confrontation between Frank and Carl at the end of the movie in yeah. the, uh, in the like paper mill company. Fair enough. Yep. So, uh, I had a lot of connections to other movies for this year. I did uh, too. I did too. All right. So let's just do it real quick. We'll just kind of rapid fire back and forth. So yep. I have a uh, power plant is a big capacitor flux capacitor. Yep. Uh, who framed, our Batman. Ah, nice. Yes, that's yep. good. Who framed Batman that. instead of Roger Rabbit? Yep. Uh, Coswell, Coswell, Oswald Cobblepot runs for mayor. Mayor. Uh, yep. The oh, the main villain using toxic waste. What is that? Oh, is that? Uh... Or also, who framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, nice. I just yeah. keep going back to the future. You keep going toxic waste. Well, another back to the Sorry future. Sorry, I cut off your mayor. Yeah, I sent you the no, mayor thing right. last no, you're night. You're good. You're good. And... Uh, Catwoman falls in a uh, a truck full of kitty litter. Reminded me yep. of a truck full of manure from Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Nice. Yep. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, iconic car. Um, iconic Back car. To the future, speed. Rebel Without a Cause. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Significant Absolutely. boat. That connects to Fitzcarraldo. Yep. Um, characters escaping death. So we have Catwoman who lives, you know, she has her nine lives. That's Final Destination. Uh, with the actor Michael Murphy, who plays the mayor. Yep. Uh, the former mayor. Michael Murphy has been in three or four movies we've done. Home yeah, this is his fourth appearance on the podcast. He was yep. in MASH, Magnolia, and What's Up, Doc this year. Yep. Welcome to the five, Four Timers Club. MASH, yeah. Magnolia, What's Up, Doc. Congratulations. Yep. Um, and uh, Catwoman reminded me of Be- of Beverly at times, kind of like the yeah. uh, you know, stay at home like woman who's trying to trying to do something beyond and, and trying to do something murderous. I think was where I was going with that. Yep. Fair enough. Um, and then uh, she's called a screwed up sorority chick getting back at daddy. And I wrote that down <laughs> and I'm not sure what. Oh, that... um, for uh, 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 Final Destination. Maybe. Or, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I wrote that down for. Um, <laughs> I wrote uh, that but quote yeah, down. Yeah, her, her falling into the vat of kitty litter reminded me of something that would happen in Final Destination. Because mm-hmm. death keeps coming for Catwoman because yeah. she only has nine lives. Right. So it reminded uh, me of the Final Destination stuff. Yep. Yeah, that, that's, I, I did say that. Um. And uh, murderous woman also being freaky as well. Yeah, freaky. there you go. Um, and just the you know Batman is a you know detective comics right. So we've got like right. all of our all of our detective movies all from earlier detective. this year. So um, no no weddings in this though. Um, Unfortunately, I uh, I, the the Catwoman becoming Catwoman did kind of tie back to young Frankenstein and the birth of Frankenstein. She yeah. has this monster right. Her eyes are rolling into the back of her head as the cats are biting her her fingers. Yeah. Um, and just her whole transformation from, uh, you know, this nice woman to a monster. Um, there you go. I love the neon sign in her apartment as well. The hell is here. Yeah. What it says. So um, uh, do you have any other connections to movies from this year? Uh, not off the top of my head as I'm scrolling through. I think those were my big ones. All right. You said you had a really good movie map. What is it? All right. Um, This is going to sound ridiculous but is batman returns the citizen kane of batman <laughs> movies? oh i don't know but that's just hear me out here that's gonna be the tweet for this podcast I hear need me to out here. That. we right. have a crooked politician 
who is secretly um, scheming against the city. Mm -hmm. Uh, He ends up getting screwed over by a salacious um, juxtaposition of other terrible things he's said and done in his past. Mm -hmm. Um, We have the black and white motif we were talking about. We had the newspaper at the beginning we were talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, Kate, the- Charles Foster Kane was also uh, technically an orphan. Um, True. His parents yeah. sold him to his benefactor. Um, a very gothic, uh, very gothic feel of this movie. Um, takes place in New York, mostly. And this takes place, uh, Gotham is New York, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. I mean, I think... I think even you can map the cold open on there, right? Like we Absolutely. get the cold open of Penguin, and, and we get the cold open in uh, in Citizen Kane. A literal cold open because it's right. Still- yeah, yeah. It both. Yeah, I think it was Christmas time. It was Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. All right. I uh, that's right. some of your best work. I, I, um, I also had written down for lesser connections. Obviously, uh, Beetlejuice or yep. Eaton and uh, Burton, Burton and the scene where. Um, Danny DeVito rises from the uh, sewer, reminding me a lot of Beetlejuice rising from the table with the twirling big top around oh, his definitely. head. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, so there was a yeah. lot of that. Um, lots, of, lots of similar visual stuff between these movies. Yeah. I mean, these were all made around the same time. This was yeah. kind of when Burton was making all of these all of these types of kind of scary-ish genre bender movies. Yep. And then um, to a lesser, uh, a lesser extent, the third one I wrote down was Working Girl. Yeah, I... That's a good one as well. Um, I think you could probably do some of the Nixon stuff to like shampoo as well. Um, But the one I wrote on was Dick Tracy in terms of kind of like Dick Tracy was modeled after like that. We talked about that. It was was modeled after Batman um, and that version of like that movie was modeled after the 89 Batman. Right. Like the way that the way it was kind of that 2D style, um, very much more colorful, obviously, than this. but also we have our kind of detective comic book hero and that he gets framed in the movie and he has to get there his, uh, yeah. Yep. I don't think Batman ever really does anything to uh, prove his innocence, right? He runs down all these people. Yeah, not really. Um, not his fault because the Batmobile was taken over by Penguin's gang of uh, the red gang, red triangle gang. But yeah, the only thing he really does to redeem himself, quote unquote, is expose Cobblepot for being who he is. But nobody knows he does so, that. Like, the yeah, people, they, why do the people go yeah. back to trusting Batman? They should, they, they should. Batman tried to run them down. Like, we never yeah. see him actually do anything to... Maybe that's why we couldn't continue with Tim Burton and... Right. And the, they're like, and oh, they're like, you can trust Batman, he looks completely different now. Yeah, so. exactly. Get get me Val Kilmer. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking to see if I have anything else I wanted to touch on before we do go. Do we want to rate our Batmans or Bruce Wayne's, or do you feel I mean, pretty good... I don't have like any strong opinions. Okay. I think Keaton is fine. I don't think really Keaton has much to do in either of these movies. Um, him like as Batman or as Bruce Wayne. Uh, I think that Christian Bale is the best. Um, but also I think those movies are the best. Um, even better than this. And then Kilmer and Clooney and Adam West are all kind of down. Whatever. Yeah, bottom. and not even going to mention Ben Affleck. Oh right, and Ben Affleck and uh, <laughs> and what's his face That's Pattinson right. from next year. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with with Pattinson coming up uh, next year, but it'll be really it'll be interesting because we are getting yeah. the Penguin back. Uh, Colin Farrell is going to play the Penguin on the new yeah. Batman coming out next year, and yeah. uh, there is word on the street that there's going to be an HBO Max series that's Penguin focused. That's what I've heard, yeah, um, which is kind of wild considering that um, Fox and DC had a Penguin TV series, 
and it was on Fox for like six oh, right. years called Gotham. Right. Oh, that's true. So yeah, yeah. starring uh, oh, what was his name? Never mind, it's not going to come to me. But yeah, um, that was. I, I mean, the first season of that was actually pretty interesting. Then it kind of went off the rails. Yeah, that was one of those shows that if it was a like eight episode series, I might have checked it out. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'm I'm sure I will check out the HBO Max series. I'm sure it'll be good. Um, sure. Although I feel like there's just like I feel like HBO Max is going to have so many. Uh, like they're going to have the the John Cena character from Suicide Squad. He has his own show. He already does. Peacemaker. Yeah. He does. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. I am I am very much excited for this. I've avoided trailers for the Batman coming out next year, but I think it's going to be very, very much dark, very close to that R-rated feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the campiness that you get in this, but I think you'll get kind Absolutely. of the, the more serious tone. Excited for Batman. Yeah. What's your? What would you say is your favorite of all Batman movies? Of all Batman movies, what's my mm-hmm. favorite? Um, that's tough. Um, personal favorite, probably. I mean, it's hard to not say the Dark Knight. Yeah. But I think that's the basic the same, answer. But here's the so thing. Good. I am a staunch Batman Forever defender. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think that the Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones dynamic is so over the top and fun that it just adds a campiness to that movie that I really, really enjoy without the just pure trash that is Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of fun in Batman Forever. I have fun with it every time I watch it. Val Kilmer is not a bad Bruce Wayne, um, and he's an okay Batman. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the villains in like most good movies, the villains can either make or break the movie. I mean, isn't so? I mean, if you look at every Batman movie, isn't it about the villain more than? I mean, look, the, yeah. you know, the Nicholson performance. We have the two villains in this one. You know, we have all the Shoemaker ones, but then. Um, the only one I would argue that it's not about the villain is Batman Begins. Yes, I was going to say Batman it, Begins. It's not really about the villain. Although the Scarecrow, I think the Scarecrow is really is really cool what they do with that really character. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the Dark Knight is all about Heath Ledger and a little bit about uh, Two Face, Aaron Eckhart's character. Um, and I love the Dark Knight Rise. I mean, I really liked it when I saw it in theaters. I don't think I've seen yeah. it since theaters, but I saw it on IMAX opening night at midnight. Like it was so immersive. Yeah. Um, and felt so epic in scale. And I remember like then hearing people who didn't like it that much after, and I was shocked that anybody would. Yeah. And I mean, the Justice League movies are what they are. Yeah. <laughs> that versus uh, Superman is what it is. All right. Well, uh, we are, uh, this is, I thought we would have a lot to say on this movie, and we've we've gone yeah, very long. Uh, stop global warming, start global cooling. Um, there you go. Could we do that? I, that? Penguin was right about one thing, and that was, uh, let's stop uh, Mr. Freeze? Sure. Yeah. Oh, true. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. You need man. Mr. Freeze for that. Yeah, maybe that's what they were setting up. Um, all right, let's get into our listener feedback. Uh, nice. so we start with Jeff and, uh, Jeff did say he was, he was Jeff again, was the one to point out that, uh, West Side Story was not streaming anywhere. Thanks. Uh, luckily, you know, he let me know yep. early enough that we were able to kind of shift course. Um, do we get any feedback on West Side Story? Did anybody not? No, we did not, but we oh, got okay. a lot of feedback on that in returns. So. Oh, nice. All right. Cool. People got the message. Long podcast tonight. All right. Uh, Jeff says, I've seen this a few times. It never stops being weird. The Penguin mm-hmm. and Catwoman origin stories aren't really that necessary and are very strange. Maybe if there was one story, that would have been okay, but there was so little action because of how much time it took up between these two strange stories. I think Jeff thought this movie was strange. Definitely uh, strange. Uh, the Penguin is super creepy versus just being evil, and I think it would have been better to just stick with him being evil. Catwoman, when she's pushed out the building and all of those cats come up to her and start biting her, uh, and they start biting her. Is this a strange version of Spider-Man where the bite mm. gives the woman, the shy woman, all of these cat powers? 
Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, the Catwoman origin always kind of freaked me out. Like, getting bitten all over the place by a bunch of cats is, like, mm-hmm. not not great. Yeah. It's, like, it's very scary as a kid. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, uh, I uh, I do think that the music, I keep going back to, like, this, just, like, this very, like, heavy organ music danny elfman does such a good job with the score in yeah. both of these movies um you know the in batman 89 they have a lot of prince songs they don't have the prince songs in this movie but they do have that really great score and just really booming powerful music when catwoman is is uh becoming catwoman uh mm-hmm. all right and then he continues the one thing that has always baffled me is when he takes his mask off near the end in front of catwoman uh, as to why he has to tear it off versus just taking the whole thing off. <laughs> <laughs> and if it can tear that easily, how protective is it really? <laughs> Overall, this is one of the stranger superhero movies. Being a superhero movie, it starts off with a three. But even though I love the car and some of the other effects, it's just too weird. So I give it a 2.5. Fair enough. Um, The thing with the cowl uh, doesn't bother me as much because it seemed like he specifically chose that suit. Maybe because he knew he was going... Um, down into the sewer where it would be wet, so he needed something that like was waterproof. So it's more like a scuba suit where it's all one piece. Maybe I think that it's that was... just how strong he is. Hmm. He's so strong. Uh, no, but the way it's really designed, like, he means... one of the things I really like about the Affleck version of Batman is like mm-hmm. they show him working out and they show how right. actually like muscular he is. And it, like Keaton is just a normal dude. Like he's yeah. not a buff guy or anything exactly. like that. Um. And I did really like when he takes off his mask. It reminded me of, and maybe this will come up, maybe from Megan the Librarian, Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Uh, when Sp- when uh, Peter Parker reveals his face. Yep, for sure. Well, speaking of Megan the Librarian, uh, I saw the first Batman many times in my youth, but somehow never watched this one. It was good to finally cross it off my watch list. It's peak Tim Burton, but before he descended into self-parody. The design and look of it are outstanding. It is extremely intentionally campy, but although there are some great lines, overall the dialogue is a bit disappointing. Uh, I'd have liked to see I'd have liked to see more Catwoman. Michelle Pfeiffer is excellent in the role, and the character is super interesting. I'm not sure the movie ultimately had enough room for both her and the Penguin to shine. Mm-hmm. Batman is certainly the character who suffered most for this overabundance of excellent villains. Between Catwoman, Danny DeVito killing it as Penguin, and Christopher Walken as evil billionaire Max Shrek, there's almost no time for Bruce Wayne at all. In fact, I think the whole thing feels a bit muddled from a storytelling perspective because of the need to insert Batman into this into things uh if this had just been the catwoman movie it might have even worked better 3.5 out of 5 yeah i think we hit on that yeah you mm-hmm. can take batman out of this movie and it's not much different of a movie like nobody's I mean, seeing it if you take batman i mean it's not fair. making any money but if this was the cat I, I really like her idea this was the catwoman movie instead of the Halle Berry one that we got it's and the movie reason. is about the dynamic between max shrek Penguin and Penguin and Catwoman and like Catwoman trying to get revenge on Shrek and you know Penguin kind of being yeah. in the middle between the two of them that could have been super interesting. I think so too. Shrek. All right, Stefan says somehow this was the only Batman movie I didn't see as a kid, and all the pieces are there for it to be a great movie. The story is actually interesting and the cast is good, but then mm-hmm. comes the worst director of all time to make it one of the worst superhero movies I've ever seen. Yes, worse than Spider-Man three. The movie surpassed Camp. 
The dialogue was so horrible, I couldn't believe that anyone was paid enough to say it on camera. Also, is this even a Batman movie? Even The Dark Knight has more Batman than Joker in it. This, on the other hand, is 80% villains, 20% Batman. Michael Keaton didn't need to be the world's greatest detective to see that this franchise was already failing. And the world owes Joel Shoemaker an apology. All he did was extend the dying. Tim Burton pulled the trigger. Ooh, two stars Schumacher. from Stefan. Yeah. Uh, two, two from Stefan. Ouch. All right. uh, brings up some great points. I mean, I think we're hitting yeah. on again, like everybody's saying that this not much Batman in this movie. Um, this is definitely not worse than Spider-Man 3 for me. Spider-Man 3 is horrible. Yeah, I, I uh, agree. Um, I I think that this is definitely better than Spider-Man 3. I haven't rewatched Spider-Man 3 recently. Um, definitely better than Spider-Man 3, as well as better than both of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans, having yes. watched those recently as well. Uh, so I will say, too, like the effects in this movie are fine. Like there's not, yeah, like, it's not like anything great, but nothing stands out as like right. Spider-Man 3 has very, very bad CGI. Yeah, there's nothing super digitized in this. Um, no, it, I mean, it all, there, it all there's nothing that looks too fake. And I think part yeah. of it is just the way it's that artistic way it's shot, or maybe artistic mm-hmm. to some, um, that kind of covers up and how dark the movie I, is. Yeah, I agree. I think the darkness ways. definitely helps hide a lot, for sure. All right. Um, right. All right. Well, I get a short one. Or no, you, you no, it's my turn. Uh, so John Kilpatrick and your brother both gave this a 4.5. Your brother wrote in a little bit of feedback with uh, my favorite Batman movie. And it holds up on the rewatches. I uh, can't believe I watched it so much as a kid, but really enjoy it each time I see it. So that's four and a half from both him and John. John G. What does Olin have to say? Uh, yeah, and I uh, I also can't believe that my brother and I, maybe that's why we're so weird. Uh, yeah. We're maybe. allowed to watch this as kids. Could um, be. Yes. Because I mean, he was, I mean, I was, you know, I was seven years old uh, when this movie came out. And he was, he's four, he was three when this movie came out. So I can only imagine how young he was when we watched this. And this was at very much regular rotation as kids. Yeah. Um, in addition to the awesome toys. All right. Uh, Olin says, uh, so it is one of the films like Aladdin where the main character is a ju- just a straight adult, just a straight man for other more interesting characters to revolve around. DeVito and Pfeiffer were the standouts. Not mm-hmm. my favorite genre, but good score, well shot, and found the six pallbearer penguins burying their leader very moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, his wife gives it three. Olin gives it three and a half. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah I do love um, the, definitely, I do love the, definitely the, the straight man. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I do love what he says about the Paul Bearer penguins. Uh, yeah. Taking Penguin, you know, giving him that, like, water funeral at the end of the movie. Uh, came from the sewer into the depths he returns. Yes. All right. Uh, Jim writes it. It says, before re-watching Batman Returns, I couldn't have told you much about the second Batman movie. It ages almost as badly as the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Oof. It is very Tim Burton-y and is much more Christmassy than I would have expected. Michelle Pfeiffer is a lot of fun as Catwoman, and while Danny DeVito didn't quite work as Penguin, one of the best parts of the movie is that it helped lead to Birdman. Birdman. Three out of five. Yes. Uh, I love the first Christopher Reeve Superman, but then... I agree. But they do progressively go downhill, much like the Batmans. Yes. So. Um, all right. And... Uh, Mac Johnson, we already talked about some of the stuff that he sent me. He sent uh, you and I on our group text about yep. 15 messages. Uh, so I kind of tried <laughs> to string them into like a coherent paragraph. Uh, but his score is four out of five. And he yes. uh, really likes this movie. He said lots of fun stuff in there for old movie nerds, protect, particularly references to the silent era. Obviously, Mac Shrek being the actor who played Nosferatu and Walken Shrek being a business vampire building a plant that will suck power from the city. 
It's a fun observation. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Max is shown to be ascending the staircase in a Nosferatu style in the scene where he confronts and almost kills Selina. The production design is heavily influenced by German expressionism, uh, Metropolis, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Caligari. Thank you. I'll never get that right. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the design of the Penguin is heavily influenced by Delon Chaney in London After Midnight. Uh, I did read the article that he sent me. I don't have the link handy, but if you just Google Batman Returns German Expressionism, I think it was on like BatmanOnline.com or some like very old looking blog. But it was so glad it's batmanonline.com. It, well, the, the <laughs> article is great. I highly recommend it. It had like really good like side-by-side images of the movies that it's referencing. And so many of the shots are taken right from these uh, these old movies. Yes. So uh, it made me like, respect the visual of this even more than I already did. We'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, Mac continues. Mac, not Max. Uh, he, <laughs> Mac continues. Definitely some Trumpy vibes going on with the political plot grotesque rich kid runs for office on a populist platform being used by the corporate elite and of course in batman returns the pussy grabbing tape equivalent brings down his campaign hillary rodham clinton should have done a record scratch on a cd maybe then it would have worked to bring down trump so uh four stars yes uh, yeah, the the record scratching CD was so funny to me. Was that really was like funny. the like you know that's like the stuff you would get in the Shoemaker movies, and uh, it's like that's not really how CDs work, Batman. Um, no, you can't, not. you can't scratch them like that. You can't. Uh, so. I don't know, man. Yeah, you're not a all DJ. Right. Uh, well, uh, listeners were kind of all over the map. For we had everything from four point five to, to what, a, two, a couple of twos, two point five. Stefan and Jack. Yeah, two from Stefan. Um, yeah, so we're averaging a 3.38 from the listener, Zach, for this one. Nice. All right. It's pretty wild. Pretty good. But uh-huh. I, that, I mean, that that makes sense for – we had nine submissions this week. Nine. Nine. Like, like the number of lives that Catwoman has. Yep. There you uh, go. Speaking of, love the, sh- the last shot of Catwoman with the bat signal where, where yes. Bruce sees her. Because if you – she does say at one point, you know, I've been killed six times or seven times. Yeah. And if you count – she never is killed that ninth time. So it makes sense right. that, you know, if she has she nine has lives, she's still alive. Yeah. We see just very quickly. I wish it would have held on a little bit longer because she's the bat signal. Then we see yeah. Catwoman stand up. And then immediately the movie goes to credits slash HBO Max trying to get me to watch the next thing. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't appreciate that. But um, I did I did like that. I, the masquerade party I thought mostly was boring, but I liked the mayor has a knife in his back. That, yeah. That's his costume. Um. And I'm just looking to see if I have anything else that I want to make sure I, I said. Batman gets more power as a martyr is what Catwoman says, which is mm-hmm. uh, what happens at the end of The Dark Knight as well, mm-hmm. uh, where he goes away. Um, and I think that's it. Nice. Yeah, that's all I have in my notes for things. All right, well, why don't you go ahead and sum up and uh, give your score? Yeah, I'm a four. Um, yes. I just think this, like, this movie does not have any business being this good. I think... I get why it does not work for some people. It's definitely weird and creepy and it's just, it is not, this is not a fun comic book movie. Like there's not a lot of fun in this movie, but I really, really liked just how adult this was. And I like the swing that Tim Burton took. I'm not always the biggest Tim Burton fan. Uh, this totally though, like worked for me. Um, and I didn't need more action. I could have used less action, actually, than it had. Mm. Um, I think that would be the one thing that I would, like, take down. I don't I don't need Batman punching and kicking people. So. Yeah. I, I think I'm a little closer to the listeners than you on this one. Um, there's a lot to love in here. But as a Batman movie, I don't think it holds up as well as it does as a really good Tim Burton movie. 
mm-hmm. as far as the themes that he's exploring and the visualization and the iconic Elfman score. Um, it's not is a Elfman. Great... Is Elfman a Batman villain? Is that one of the Batman villains? Elfman. <laughs> he should be. Yeah. Yes, he's right up there with the organ grinder. Uh-huh. Um, who we saw in this movie, played by iconic creepy dude Vincent Chevelli, by the way. Oh man, um, that guy! That guy is always playing somebody creepy looking, and he did not disappoint in this movie. Um, so yeah, uh, I think I'm. I think I'm going to land on a three point five. Um, and that's mostly because I think this is a weak superhero movie, despite being a really good um genre movie for the Tim Burton style before as other as others said Tim Burton went into pure self parody mode mm-hmm. uh later later in the 90s so i'm going to land at a 3.5 and that's going to land us at a 3.62 overall zach which is going to be a 3.5 on letterboxd cool all right um so that will uh that will wrap up what we have to say about Batman Returns, of course, our title connection, Walking in a Winter Wonderland, which everybody knows who's already listening mm-hmm. to this. Um, so let's find out what we're going to be watching next week. This is our ladder rung segment where we pick the movie that we will be discussing next week. This will be movie number, what is it, 51 next week? 51. Um, so these are going to be movies that are somehow connected to Batman Returns. We'll, final, we'll get down to a final four and yep. pick our um, movie that we're moving on to. Um, and... Uh, with some interesting ones already on here, and I have some interesting ones on my list. Indeed. So myself. All right, so Jeff, uh, going with all superhero movies. So the first is Deadpool, uh, mm-hmm. superhero angle. I would say just like an adult superhero movie as well. Yep. Um, the next one is Spider-Man: Homecoming, superhero movie has Michael Keaton in it. Yep. And the yes. other one, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, superhero movie that has Michelle Pfeiffer in it. Yep. Um, there you go. Boom. All right, Megan the Librarian, taking one off my list. This is Edward Scissorhands from 1990. Uh, this seems like one of the more obvious connections, early 90s Tim Burton, and it's a Christmas movie. Sort of. This was the movie I was referencing earlier when I said yeah. there was a Tim Burton movie that scarred me as a kid. Uh, I have always been – it would be interesting to revisit Edward Scissorhands, but in my head I'm like a little terrified to even do it because it right. to me is very It's a weird scary. movie. It's a really weird movie. I don't, it's, yeah. There's something about it that just freaks me the hell out. Yeah. But – that would be, I mean, it was kind of too bad that's not movie 52 if we did pick that because uh, he is very much a Frankenstein. True. So, or Frankenstein mon- Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein. All right, next one. 2007, Stardust. Michelle yep. Pfeiffer is the villain in a DC Comics adaptation. I don't think this is technically a Christmas movie, but it feels like one somehow. Yeah, it's uh, Stardust written by uh, Neil Gaiman. It's an uh, um, adaptation on his novel. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And then White Christmas, a classic Christmas movie that stars an actor named Danny and features a blonde woman doing some very acrobatic things. Nice. Danny we didn't even talk about all the flips that yeah. Catwoman does in that. Very movie. good. She's very acrobatic. Yeah. yeah, I think she's a really good. Uh, Burton in these movies loves uh, flip backflips because she does backflips. Also, the yep. circus like the circus freaks do backflips in this. And then in Batman One, actually, there's some there's some henchmen that do backflips as well. Yeah. So. Is there a Joker backflip as well, or am I thinking of something else? He might. I'm trying to remember. I think you might be right that he does one. I think um, the Joker does a couple backflips. I, yeah. Just when I was watching that movie and I was watching the Joker and just the, Jack Nicholson's performance, I'm like, I cannot believe he is doing this. Like with a straight, well, not, not a straight face, but just like he looked the makeup and everything is just like, yeah, it yeah. is. What a crazy role. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Yes. Uh, it's yeah. uh, really good. All right. So Stefan sent in uh, two different sets of three. 
Yep. So the first set of three is three sequels with return in the name that yep. are actually good. So uh, questionable on this first one. Superman Returns. I think Superman Returns is good. I, I have I, not seen Superman Returns in forever. I remember so, enjoying it, but... In uh, Batman Forever. I know it's questionable. Yeah. Uh, next one, Return of the Jedi. And oh, yeah. finally, Return of the King. So Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, for those two. Three his iconic second, franchises. Yeah. His second set of three. Uh, these are movies that he has not seen that are connected. Cast Connections. We have Deer Hunter, Christopher Walken. Yep. Scarface, Michelle Pfeiffer. And The Rainmaker. Uh, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. There you go. Then my brother sent in L.A. Confidential for Danny DeVito and Edward Ed Wood for Tim Burton. Yep. Uh, Ed Wood is a uh, classic Tim Burton movie. Also, ironically, would connect to the um, Tim Burton loves classic Hollywood because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Ed Wood is a biography of the uh, B-movie, B-movie icon Ed Wood, who was a uh, director of Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yeah. Uh, L.A. Confidential, does that take place during Christmas? I feel like if for some reason I thought it did. I believe there's a Christmas party, but I don't think the whole thing takes place over Christmas. All right. Uh, Jim, on the same page as Michael Librarian, who says for his rung, how about another Tim Burton movie that, according to the Nerdist, is a Christmas movie that is Edward Scissorhands. Yep. Uh, the making of Catwoman's costume scene could have been ripped right from Edward Scissorhands, plus the two movies share 86 credited cast and crew, according to IMDb. Wow, that is Boom. 86. That's strong. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then from Mac, we talked about earlier, um, yep. Dark City, something else that was influenced by some of the same things. So it kind of has that German uh, uh, German expressionist and uh, and gothic style from Dark yep. City. Um, and he also said Dark City does take some uh, is a little bit influenced by Batman Returns. Yep. Uh, the Cabinet of Dr. Kiligari influenced this movie so that's on that list as well as the man who laughed uh the man who laughed more influenced the joker from the first movie but still and then he also throws in batman and robin in both cases a director was given reins of the batman franchise made a big hit and then the follow-up the studio says do whatever you want go nuts want to get nuts let's get nuts you want to go nuts and then uh, eventually says ish you went too far so definitely too far uh, and then Olin, uh, to round us out, he has Deck the yeah. Halls. Danny DeVito makes his presence in the neighborhood known, causing havoc over Christmas. Yeah, I believe that's about uh, a two neighbors fighting over Christmas. Uh, yes, this came up after like uh, after Ferris Bueller because it has. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. And uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Danny Elfman, Tim Burton collaborate on a darkly themed Christmas film. Mm. And then Die Hard, I'd have to watch it twice in one week. Christmas time shenanigans and explosions and people falling out of buildings fantastic uh, also oh, i i will just say like the uh you know the, the 80s like capitalism reagan era themes yeah. uh, also run through and die hard yeah. so um so my first connection is a tim burton movie with danny devito that i really really like actually um the connection is not only danny devito and tim burton but it's about a son trying to connect with his father mm-hmm. and that's big fish Ah, thanks. Okay. Um, like big I think fish, actually... like what the penguin eats in Batman. Yeah, Returns. exactly. <laughs> um, big next... fits with the big fish. Um, next one I'm going to pick is another Danny DeVito one uh, that I really, really like, and that's uh, Man on the Moon with Jim Carrey, who is a Batman connection. Um, oh, true. So Danny DeVito, and then penguin and, and penguin and Riddler running away. Yeah, uh, Batman. Birdman was taken, or was it? 
yes. I, or no. Was it? No, it was not. It was in Jim's feedback, but it was not. It was in the feedback, but it was not. I'm going to throw in Birdman because how much on my list. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Birdman is going to be my third pick. Very um, much a commentary on this Or the unbearable well. lightness of being. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really solid connection. Um, and then um, <laughs> I have some really I have some really cheesy picks that are just kind of trollish picks that I'm not going to pick, and I'll say for uh, also rants. Mm-hmm. Um, let me throw in a weirdly dark Michelle Pfeiffer movie, uh, What Lies Beneath. Ah, yes, with Harrison Ford. With Harrison Ford. And so directed by our uh, favorite Robert Zemeckis. Yep. So there you go. Those are going to be my four official Very films. much Hitchcock influences yep. from what I, I... I saw that movie when it first came out, but I would I would be interested to revisit it knowing it's, it's kind of supposed to be very Hitchcockian. Yep. All right. Uh, so I had Edward Scissorhands and Birdman both taken off my list. Nice. Um, I have a few movies that I'm not going to suggest because I don't think that they are. I will mention them, but I don't think that they are yeah. streamable. Uh, so I will throw Sleepy Hollow on there. If we're just going to keep going with dark and scary Tim Burton movies. Um, I will also go staying with Tim Burton Mars Attacks. Both of those are Tim Burton blind spots for me. Um, that as well. You what? Yeah. Danny DeVito is in that as well. Yep. Mars yep. Attacks, so uh, Dumbo. The one with Danny Ooh, DeVito. I believe. Did Tim Burton do that as well? Was that three Tim Burton? Tim Burton might be. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was the Disney one from a few weeks ago. Or a few weeks ago. ago. Uh, <laughs> 2019 Tim Burton movie. Uh, was it Tim Burton? I do not know. Uh, it's not easy to find this. Why doesn't it say? Yeah. It is directed by Tim Burton. Okay. okay. That makes cool. sense. All right. And uh, yeah, obviously Danny DeVito. Uh, uh, characters in the circus. Um. And then, uh, what do I want to do? Um, I'm going to do one more. I'm trying to decide between the contenders. Um, let's go with Fred Claus. It's Ooh. a Christmas movie about a character named Fred. I don't know anything about it. I think Vince Vaughn is in this movie. Yes, it is Vince um, Vaughn. Yeah. Yep. Uh, speaking of Vince Vaughn, that'll take me right into my honorable mentions. Uh he once portrayed Norman Bates. Norman Bates yep. was mentioned in this movie, so I had Psycho on my list, not not uh-huh. nominating it. I had Lego Batman as well. Yep. Um, Basic Instinct for kind of the the Sharon Stone character, very much similar to Selena Kyle. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mom, just for a yep. blind spot, Michael Keaton. Um, one that I would add to my list if it's streaming anywhere. I don't even know when it's coming out. I know it's coming out soon, and I think it's only going to be in theaters. But Nightmare Alley. Yeah. Is that only going to be in theaters? Or is I that believe gonna... it's only in theaters until okay. for another until another couple of weeks when it's streaming. Ah, okay. But, uh, um, so yeah, I was thinking about that with the like dark circus performers. Uh, yeah. Very much recommend the nineteen the forty seven version. Um, yeah. I'm I don't know if I'm happy I watched that before I see the remake or not, but it made me very excited for the Guillermo del Toro version coming out soon. Yep. And then the last one is a superhero movie in a universe where Michael Keaton plays a role. Yep. A universe where Michelle Pfeiffer has a role. It's coming out this weekend. It's yeah. got multiverse implications, which yeah, apparently it's... there's going to be multiverse. So I was, if this was streaming on Disney Plus, I think Spider-Man No Way Home is the that's why I didn't drop even, down That's pick, why I didn't even mention it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same issue we ran into with West Side Story, exactly. though, is that yeah, it's, it's, it's only in theaters. So. Yeah. Um, some of my also rans, uh, Batman Under the Red Hood, um, the Batman animated film, mm-hmm. um, Nightmare Before Christmas, I uh, Get Shorty. Uh, Happy Feet and March of the Penguins. I can say yeah, before uh, Christmas was mentioned as well. Right. Because I mean, it was also on my list. Yeah, it was on my list. Um, as well. So uh, Happy Feet and March of the Penguins, I consider just for the whole penguin thing. The Wells. Um, two of my favorite um, Michael Keaton's 
uh, the other guys, and Multiplicity. I love Multiplicity. Yeah. Uh, Batman Begins, obviously, was um, on my on my short list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man and Homecoming also was on the list. Uh, Batman 66. Um, also, I almost put on my list at the last second. I jotted it down as we were talking. As a kid, I love that because there were so yeah. many villains in it. All which is funny that, my critis- that the criticism of this movie is that two yeah. villains is too many because that one had 12 villains. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's fun. It's so campy, but it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. But, um, yeah, so that's it for my also rounds. So right. why don't we take it from top? Sounds um, good. So we have uh, this week's suggestions. We have Deadpool, Spider-Man Homecoming, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Edward Scissorhands, Stardust, White Christmas, Superman Returns, Return of the Jedi, Return of the King, The Deer Hunter, Scarface, The Rainmaker, L.A. Confidential, Edward, Edward Scissorhands, Dark City, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, The Man Who Laughed, Batman and Robin, Deck the Halls, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Die Hard, Big Fish, Man on the Moon, Birdman, What Lies Beneath, Sleepy Hollow, Mars Attacks, Dumbo, and Fred Claus. Zach, you get to pick. Oh, I got to go first. All right. Uh, I got to go with uh, Edward Scissorhands. Ooh, it's just his heads. Okay. Front my fears, and uh, much like the Scarecrow would want me to do, check out Edward Scissorhands. Um, as much as I want to pick Return of the King or Return of the Jedi, I mean that's <laughs> just silly. It's just a title connection. Um, there's really not enough there. There. Um, it's really tempting though. Um. Poof. Also based on a comic book and book property, DC Comics. Um, you know what? I'm going to throw in Stardust. Stardust. I haven't right. revisited that since it came out. I think it might be fun to revisit. Yeah. yeah did, we miss, did we miss a huge opportunity not doing Nightmare Before Christmas? Not picking that. It's very fun. Um, I mean, I just watched it recently. It is very fun. Um, but no, I don't think we did. Yeah, Jack's. I was just thinking, you know, the character yeah. named Jack has been a big connection. Sure. Uh, I uh, will say I very much thought about. There are a lot of good ones. I very much thought about Superman Returns just for the title connection to yeah. Batman versus Superman. Um, but yeah, I think you know maybe maybe next year in this spot. Spider-Man Homecoming was also very tempting, but if we can't do Spider-Man. Uh, no way home. Then it yeah, just feel oh. like we're teasing the listeners. Yeah, and it's like, um, who cares about Spider-Man: Homecoming? Uh, all right, right exactly. well, let's see what we've got from you. Uh, I'll go with Birdman. Yes, uh, I've not seen Birdman since it came out. Uh, another one with a very interesting style as well. It's very unique the way it's made. Um, yeah. So I have uh, not either, and I I really really like. Um, I was thinking about it last night, and like already thinking up connections in my head if we did choose it mm-hmm. of like weird ways we could go because it's so meta um mm-hmm. it's it's really really good though um yeah, yeah i like Birdman man a lot um from your list i'm just trying to think um i mean it's the week before christmas um two of your picks are just straight up the wrong holiday season in mars attacks and sleepy hollow what's what holiday is mars attacks I mean, it's more of a horror movie, so I oh. would think. I mean, it's it's a comedy horror because okay. it's aliens. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking it's it fits much more in Halloween territory than. Uh, I, I see. Than 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 Christmas. Um, 
But I do like Mars Attacks, but I don't... I mean, it does have Jack Nicholson. Um, it's I not a huge it. cast, doesn't it? I haven't seen the new Dumbo. But I also... I didn't hear great things about it, but we can, you know, who knows? Things, yeah. um, Bread Claws, I think it's too tenuous. I'm going to throw in Mars Attacks, and let's right. see what happens. If we end up picking Mars Attacks, that's fine. So we've got two Burton movies, two non-Burton. So we've got Mars Attacks, Edward Scissorhands, <laughs> Birdman, and Stardust. Um, yep. I should probably put them in whatever order in case we... In case we have to one. do the, the number <laughs> generator again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zachary. Uh, <laughs> Edward Scissorhands is on Disney+. Plus. That's wild. How what? has that not gotten take off, take off of Disney Plus yet? All right. Edward says he's at Disney Plus. Uh, Birdman does not look like it's anywhere, so you have to rent oh, that. Right. Library oh, that. Oh. Stardust is on Netflix. Okay. Um, Robert De Niro's on that as well. And then Mars Attacks also on Netflix. So okay. uh, sort of feel like we have four good contenders and we can throw out Birdman because it's not. Yeah, strong. I agree. We're taking out Birdman. Cool. All right. So uh, I think... Edward Scissorhands is like the strongest connection. It was suggested by multiple people. It was on my list. Was it on your list as well? It's a very strong connection with the burden of it all. Um, it's got that same like surreal visual style before yep. he gets too overboard with it in later Burton. Um, I think it's this probably... was the movie that Burton made between Batman 89 yeah, and exactly. Batman Returns. This came out in 1990. Yep. Um, yep. Um, also, just, I mean, Johnny Depp. Um, yeah, I think, I think we got to watch Edward Scissorhands. Oh, my and God. And confront your fears. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> confront your fears. Confront mine, too. Um, I definitely was traumatized by this as a kid. but yeah. um, I cannot believe this was on Disney+. Plus. I, I know. This is wild. Um, yeah. Iconic, iconic uh, Diane Weiss performance. Um, yeah, looks like it's I, also on Prime Video and the Roku uh, channel. But the yeah, Roku let's, channel let's has ads. So lots of streaming options for I don't Edward. recall this specifically being a Christmas movie, so it's kind of weird that it's. Concerned. I mean, I do remember there's there's definitely but, snow falling in it. But it's uh, not snow; it's like ice from an ice right. sculpture. Yeah, ice. Like, well, it's not the summertime if there's an ice sculpture. Sure, sure. but I don't think it's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to. Well, we'll we'll debate it when we rewatch it. Yeah, is this a Christmas movie? Is this a Christmas movie? Uh, yeah. If, if, yeah. All right. Um. All right. Cool. Uh, Winona Ryder, Johnny Depp. Dear God. In. Edward Scissorhands. I, I do wish we were one week out because this really is like so much a Frankenstein movie. It would be perfect bookends for this. Uh, I know. Well, who knows? Maybe we do a Frank. Maybe we do. Maybe we do old Frankenstein for the last week of the year. You know, regular Frankenstein. Regular Edward Forty Hands. Uh, have you ever played Edward Forty Hands? <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I have. Uh, oh, it's hard. It gets. I haven't played it in since I no, was thanks. 22, maybe. Um, by the time you get to towards the end of that second 40, you have to pee so bad and you have no use of your hands. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. OK, well, speaking of no use of your hands, let's see. Let's see. And speaking of having to pee, let's wrap this podcast. Up. <laughs> that too. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, We're doing Edward Scissorhands next week. You can stream it on lots of different places, including Disney Plus, Amazon Prime. Um, I am so looking forward to Jeff's review of this movie uh, more than any movie. We've oh, covered. he's going to hate it. Oh. He's going to hate it so much. <laughs> I wonder if he's seen it. Uh, Didn't I'm, watch it. Johnny yeah. Depp freaks me out. Uh, yeah, I think I think this will be fun. Um, all right, Edward says hands next week. Brendan, what are you going to watch this week? One thing. Uh, uh besides Spider Man, uh, the new Spider Man coming out. You're going to um, get yourself pictures of Spider Man. I am going to get myself a picture of Spider Man, or Spider Man's going to give me a picture 
hopefully many of them. Um, looking also, also looking forward to tomorrow morning's Hawkeye. Uh, penultimate episodes, I feel like, are usually the best episodes of these kind of shows. So let's see what happens tomorrow morning on the penultimate Hawkeye. Those are the two things. I always forget. Like, I always I know. forget. Well, um, yeah, uh, I'm going to also go to Spider-Man hopefully Thursday night. For, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm so annoyed by Spider-Man because I'm, of all I've been of the dodging all of the ads. Like it's been ads, insane. spoilers. Um, like it's just, I don't know, like, it's gonna be a good movie. I don't know why people have to talk about it. We're gonna see, we're gonna see it. We all are gonna um, see it. Um, Zach, Zach, late breaking news. Uh, do you have a second for one last bit of feedback? Oh sure, Jim already got his feedback in. Uh yeah, no, this time it's Kyle. Oh Kyle, so, all right. Kyle, Kyle wrote. Kyle writes in with a real quick review of Batman Returns. Uh, maybe I'm grading a bit on a curve watching back to back with the first Batman. So he did what you did. Nice. So he watched 89 and then watched this. Uh, this sequel is so much better than the original. Nice. Wow. Uh, it is wildly over the top, but in a way that is way more enjoyable. I strongly prefer the Chris Nolan trilogy, but this was a lot of fun. Four out of five from Kyle. So that is going to bump up the listener average and our average a little bit, but not enough to make it beyond a 3.5 overall. Nice. And what were his, I mean, we, too late to get his nomination. Uh, Rosemary's Baby, I, Left the Right One In, and Dark City. Okay. There you go. I did think about Rosemary's Baby in terms of like the yeah. demon of Baby. What was the last one? Dark City? Yeah, Dark City okay. he also mentioned as well as Mac did. So he'll be happy that Mac also mentioned it. Nice. All right. Um, wasn't it just a couple weeks ago that Kyle uh, sent in late breaking feedback and it like changed the trip? Yeah. What was it? Wasn't there something that happened? I can't even remember. All right. Everything. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, next week we're doing Edward Scissorhands um, and uh, look out for that one. That'll be, I think, our normal time, normal Tuesday. Yep. And then um, remember after uh, that movie, that'll be episode 50. What is that? Next week is episode 51. Exactly. Yeah, and so then we'll take normal suggestions next week. The week after that will be, then it's that that Tabula Rasa blank slate for season three. So from then, uh, you can nominate any movies. You know, we prefer a movie that you have already nominated this year, but any movie that's been nominated this year is open for that. And just give a reason why you think we should start season three with that. Absolutely, so, looking um, forward to that. Yep. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to add, Brendan? Uh, no, just really looking forward to uh, watching Edward's sister hands. Yeah, when and you see watch how it, it, see how it holds up. Um, let's see if we keep going with Johnny Depp or go in a different direction for the week after as well. Um, so I think we're like at Ladder Movie on Twitter, the movieladdergmail.com. So yep, it's been really nice. I think we're ending the the season, and so far the listeners may disagree with us as far as their ratings go. But I think we're ending the uh, season on quite a strong note as far as movies we've been picking goes. So, I mean, if nothing else, we're picking inter- – I think we're picking interesting we're having movies. fun. Yeah. We're well, it's fun. like these are interesting – like there's yeah, a lot to talk about with these movies. Whether we like them or not, it that right. will be determined. But it is – these are – I think we're picking some interesting stuff. So No shade to Serial Mom. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I think I, he had a lot of fun with Serial I don't think – I don't think we've had joking. really – I mean, yeah. I don't, I mean, stripes, maybe the only thing that was – like, and even that, there was stuff to talk about. It just wasn't – we didn't like it. Um, Bangers only. Banger, exactly. Yes, bangers only. That's our that's our motto for this podcast. All right, we'll see you guys next week for uh, episode number one hundred three, movie fifty one on the Movie Ladder Podcast season two. Edward Scissorhands. <laughs>